here with all, another episode of All 22. Um, Greg Curtis is here, Kelly Dawson. Hey, we just want to dive right into it because we got a lot to, to talk about today. NFC East, AFC North, NFC South closing out uh, our NFL uh, season previews. And then we'll give some uh, predictions for this coming week, uh, for the week one games. Uh, I guess we can start off with what, what was your takeaway from Thursday night, just in general? Well, I didn't think I was – at first I was thinking, you know, we, we talked about it was going to be pretty bad football, at least for the first quarter of the season. And I was thinking the tackling, you know, or the defense in general for the Texans was bad because of the lack of practices. But looking back at it, I just think the Chiefs just – I mean, obviously they outcoached them in the redo. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, – I just think, man, they, they present so many problems, man. They they got better because they got Brian Westbrook Jr. now. <laughs> man. Brian was a lair. Um, so he's a tough runner. And literally, you can't you can't stack the box, man. You can't do it. So nah. if you don't if you don't have a formidable front four, forget a front seven. If you have a formidable front four who can, you know stay within their gaps, especially, you know, those that those interior gaps, you're not going to be able to beat them. You need a formidable front four, and you need, you know, at least five or six in the back end who can cover. You got to have athletic linebackers. That's the only way you can compete with the Chiefs. Yeah. Or you got to have that, and <laughs> you got to do what the Texans did last year to beat them. Um, basically take advantage of time of possession. Mm-hmm. The Texans doubled them up last year in time of possession. That's why they won. So if you don't have time of possession, if you don't have a, a, a pretty good front four and some uh, some good secondary guys, you're not going to beat them. So I, I, it was pretty good football to me. I didn't think – obviously some – you know, those guys are pros, man. We forget that that's what they do. <laughs> that's all this they is, do. <laughs> that's all they do. This is not like with me in high school. We didn't have a scrimmage. So right. You know, we can, you can tell we didn't have a scrimmage in our first game. Yeah. Those guys, they're pros, man. They're going to right. get it. So that's my outlook, yeah. uh, or that's my take on that, that first game. And I expect the same. We, we won't, I don't think there will be any upsets. Like, the first quarter mm. of the season is literally going to be, if Chalk. you have more talent, you should win. Yeah, yeah. And then on the back end, you'll see upsets and things like that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um the football actually wasn't wasn't that bad. Uh, it was, the atmosphere around the football was awful. Um, forget about the beginning of people actually booing them for just standing up and linking arms during the national anthem. That's a different conversation. Um, we got to talk about that in one one episode, man. Oh, we got just, to just the whole the whole landscape and you know not necessarily what we like our views are just about you know, the, the, what, what the message is trying to get across and, you know, the people who are just say like the Chiefs fans who boo, mm-hmm. like, are they booing because they don't want quote unquote politics and sports or they don't, you know, agree with the message or whatever. Yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta talk about that one day. We do. Yeah. We actually got to prioritize that. That might be a next week thing. Like, because yeah, just, yeah, we, to just put that to bed because but yeah, man, we we, we should do that. <laughs> and and that's that's honestly why I think and that's at the core of like I think why are we doing this 
why we're consistent with it, why we committed to making the audience grow because there aren't enough people like you and I talking about sports. And so like stuff that like happened Thursday night gets glossed over, but that's part of the issue. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> these guys just linked arms during the national anthem and people booed them. They were standing up like, but that, that goes to other things. It's like, it's so many, we say this all the time. It's just so many like, white guys doing NFL coverage too. <clears throat> and how many, how many black people do you know who are on the leading podcasts or TV shows or whatever else talking about the NFL? And that is a huge reason why, because if most of what people are able to consume around something entertainment wise is also like rooted and based and has mostly white people leading it, then you can't really change the discourse or it's going to be more difficult to change the discourse because you're going to be way more likely to have people who think like those folks that were booing the players for linking arms during the national anthem. Like representation matters in everything. And somehow sports media just hasn't caught up. Maybe the NBA. That's really about it though. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, we're going to, we, we'll dive into that. Uh, but the atmosphere just kind of sucked in general, even after it that. Sucks. It was just, it was like zombie. I kind of, I, I kind of think no fans would have been better. Yeah, like the and whole it just space pump out. up the crowd noise, man. Yeah. Do something. It, it just, it just doesn't look right, man. No, it doesn't look right. It's weird. Because um, basketball, basketball, you make it work because you know it, it's a, it's a court. It's inside. Mm-hmm. You know, you pull down some rafters and with the virtual fans, and you know it works. Football, I don't think they can do that. We'll, no. we'll, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow, definitely. The, the good test case for this is going to be that Bucks saints game. Like, like, what does a game in the Superdome look like with no fans? Like, do I really want to watch that? I mean, we're going to find out tomorrow. I mean, that's, that is there's part no, of the with, – With no fans, there's no true home field advantage. You're going to really see – as you know, they, they've been – we'll talk about – them in a minute too, oh but goodness. you know that that continuity that they've always had, that true home fit advantage that they always had. Oh yeah, you know Drew Brees is their leader, but some people are still kind of salty about his comments, and even though he apologized, so yeah. we're gonna see how you know how they do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what people are always like, oh, they're pros. The fans don't fans matter. Like, have you ever been to the Superdome? You could you could get why if you're an away team. I don't care how long you're playing NFL. Like that's that is a difficult place to play, bro. Like you feel like you're in a fishbowl. It's loud as heck. In some certain ways, you can't see. It, I don't know. It's just it's the sight lines are different. It's a crazy place. Anyway, I used to live in New Orleans, but um, that's actually my favorite place to watch a football game. I hate the green. I hate like saying that, but it's uh. It's it's uh, It should be on every person's bucket list to catch a game in New Orleans. Anyway, we'll talk more about them. Um, let's start with the Washington football team, who should have changed their name a long time ago. Um, but progress, we'll give it to them. Um, they come down with a three and thirteen record. Ron Rivera is a new head coach. He brings over Scott Turner from Carolina as the offensive coordinator, and then Jack Del Rio as uh, the new defensive coordinator, who I'm not a fan of as a head coach, but I think is an absolutely amazing defensive coordinator um they lost a lot of guys case keenum chris thompson colt mccoy eric flowers josh norman a whole lot of other folks trent silverback williams even though he hadn't played in quite a while that story was crazy about his injury and how the team handled it never really got a whole lot of traction not as much as i thought it would but anyway 
Um, well, different story. Uh, added Kendall Fuller, Wes Schweitzer, Sean Davis, Thomas Davis, Logan Thomas, a couple other people. Ronald Darby. Didn't even know he was still in the league, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, I like Chase Young, obviously, second overall. Uh, the rest of their draft was middle of, the, middle of the pack. I think Antonio Gibson out of Memphis can be a good back, especially now that Darius Geis is off the team, understandably so. Um, and they let AP go. So they just like – they. Gibson just he he the guy. So I hope you picked him up in your fantasy draft. Um, Washington. I like Ron Rivera. Just put that out. I love this coaching staff. Absolutely love this coaching staff. Uh, I just don't like this roster outside of the front seven. Um, and and I think that's gonna be and then he played the NFC East and the NFC West and the AFC North. And so this team actually in a in a different yeah. kind of schedule year, I might say is like Seven and nine, eight and eight, but this year mm, it's gonna be rough. But maybe you see it different. Yeah, like they're they're like, and 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 Ron Rivera gonna have those guys coached up. Is like you said, the roster is not very good. They're probably they're gonna be in some games they probably wouldn't have been in last year, and they may sneak one or two wins, um, on a few good teams or Miller or old average teams, but. Like their their ceiling is like five wins. Oh yeah, <laughs> ceiling five, floor two. Like yeah, I just it, don't it think can... they have enough, man. And Dwayne Haskins still not high on. Uh, we'll see if me neither, you know, man. You see if he just you know silences the doubters. Apparently he's been. I mean, obviously he's a pro, so he should be working hard in the off season. But <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's gotten better, so we'll see. Uh, but you lose. Well, you never really had Trent Williams, but. Um, yeah, man, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Allen is the starter in, in week three or four, if Haskins struggles, because yeah. Rivera knows Allen. I think Allen started five and one last year with Carolina. Yeah. He had a good year. Or something like that. Um, I like Kendall Fuller on the defensive side, Chase Young, obviously, Thomas Davis, they get him. Um, but the losses are just, you know, they lose their two starting cornerbacks. <laughs> They lose two running backs. They lose their best tight end, who's probably not – only has been available for probably a quarter of, you know, what, the last two, three years? It is abs- it's absurd. It's absurd that he's still allowed to play football. Oh, he's a money heist too because he's just been collecting, man. Yeah, they – so, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but like you said, the front seven, you got Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, uh, Deron Payne, like <laughs> – Chase Young, you you got oh you that front know, seven got some dogs on it. You, you got some now, but secondary that'll help the secondary. But I don't think they have enough on offense to just stay in games long. So yeah, yeah their floor is like they're they're the worst <clears throat> team in the division. <laughs> oh, without question. Yeah, I like I like the front seven. Obviously, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, everybody you just said. Um, but I don't like the linebacking core. Uh, I think they miss a lot. Um, Ball stick, Holcomb. Mm, okay. And I don't like the secondary either. And I like Landon Collins. Uh, he had yeah. a decent year. I don't know if, you know, he's ever really played up to the contract he got from them. Uh, but he had a decent year last year. He's a serviceable safety. Him and Nate, uh, what is Troy Akpe? I'm not sure if I said his name right. Um, but both those guys back there make a pretty formidable safety tandem. Uh, but the cornerback play is just not good enough. Darby is not the player he used to be. They don't have a lot of depth at linebacker. That'll help them stay in games sometimes. Because they are going to be able to get some pressure on the quarterback, but like you said, honestly, I think 
One, I don't think Haskins is the answer. I've said that before. I don't think he ever had any business going 15th overall. Two, I could probably see Kyle Allen being quarterback here. I could see Kyle Allen being quarterback for a long time. Uh, everybody's like, oh, they're probably taking quarterback next draft. And depending upon where they land, they might. Like, yeah. if they end up number one overall, like, yeah, take Trevor Lawrence, bro. But I'm not, I'm not convinced Kyle Allen can't be the guy. In the same way, I'm not convinced that Haskins can be. So yeah. it could just be an inverse. And like you said, like, probably, I don't know when they're biased, but I would expect Kyle Allen to be – actually, that, this is part of the reason this, – this is one of those few areas where you're like, I wish you would have had a preseason because you could have read a whole lot more into, like, what they were looking at, the quarterback position. Now oh, I just yeah. talked to a Washington out. and they could tell me more. But, like, you know, I, they, they have to give Haskins a certain amount of – even if he looks awful in the first few, which is why they I They have think, to give him at least four games. What, they, three, four games? Oh, they got to. They have to give him a quarter of the season. Have to. Yeah. So if I'm there, I'm like, look, man, you're going to start every game until our bye. Their bye is week eight, and they come back, they go, they get the Giants, and they go at Detroit, and they get Cincinnati at home. So Haskins has until probably week eight to, to really see what the deal is, and then after that I can see them going to Cal Island because those are going to be three games they're going to want to be competitive in. But their first half of their season is Philly at Arizona, at Cleveland, Baltimore, Rams, at Giants, Cowboys. Oof. I mean <laughs> – Hey, good luck. Yeah, this is a. I like Ron Rivera. I think. I think. I think the. It's always tough to cut to talk Washington. I guess we can close the loop on them here because well, it's not always tough. It's tough right now because I do think they have finally actually a good coaching staff, uh, a decent coaching staff, and a little bit of an outlook as far as on talent gathering. The problem is they just got one of the worst owners in all of sports, not just the NFL, and. So it's almost like you're just waiting for him to sabotage something. So if they keep this coaching staff in place for a few years, I think they'll get competitive and they'll probably find the decent starting quarterback and make the playoffs. And then Dan yeah. Snyder will do something and just blow it up. So, <laughs> and, and like, that's, that's Washington football for you. Um, moving on to the giants. I'm pretty sure we both think Washington finishes last. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They finished last. Yeah. 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 Moving on to the Giants, new head coach Joe Judge comes over from New England. I don't like New England um, descendants. Descendants of Bill Belichick just don't do well as head coaches, except for one or two here. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then they've got Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator uh, and Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator. So Joe Judge is on a roll already. Um, they lost <laughs> Cody Lattimore, Dwayne Buchanan. Eli Manning finally retired. Thank God. Um, <laughs> you should have saved he could have saved that franchise five years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah. They can be competitive now if he would have retired five years ago. He thought he was his brother. Um, they brought in James Bradbury, who got paid, who I never thought was that good. But fortunately, he, he's not with his contract now. <laughs> but that's what the market ain't. Hey, hey, the hey, market is the market. Hey, young brother, get your money. I, I ain't mad at you. I'm just saying. I wouldn't give it. But, hey, I ain't mad at it. Blake Martinez they brought in. Uh, Cam I do Clark. like Logan Ryan. I, I do, do like Logan Ryan. I like Logan Ryan. David McKinney from Bama. So they mm-hmm. they have a solid, you know, I want solid secondary. Solid yeah, secondary. yeah. They they oh, and Colt McCoy to uh, to back up uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> got got to mention Colt McCoy. Uh, first round pick, fourth overall, Andrew Thomas. I think he just got arrested on DUI or something like that. No, 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 no. that was uh, Isaiah Wilson, another Georgia guy. Another Georgia oh, guy. okay, okay. <laughs> Hey, I'm getting the next. He just up. turned. He literally just turned 21. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Well, never mind. I lied. My bad, Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Oh, Wilson with the Titans. That's right. Um, I like the first two picks, Thomas and Xavier McKinney, safety at Alabama. Uh, is it? I think it's okay to say I, I like the trajectory of the Giants roster. I, I was thinking that too. I don't like Joe Judge. I don't like this coaching staff. But I like. I think the roster is getting better. I, I mean, I think these, these, these new head coaches, they just want to hire – I mean, I, granted, I, I, see, I understand why he hired Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's been a head coach. Not a very good one, but he's been a head coach already. A decade. So this is your first time being a head coach. So you want coaches on your staff, you know, who's, who's done it. That's the right. same thing with Dan Quinn out in Atlanta. Last year they had like three, four former head coaches. Who coached in Atlanta? Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta or Tampa Bay or, you know. So I, I understand from that aspect, but at the same time, I'm like, ooh, the guy, yes, you, were, you weren't the play caller in Dallas, but overall, as the, the, as the head coach, you're the overseer, so you, you know what they're calling. Uh-huh. And continually, play calling cost them games last year. They're an 8-8 football team. They could have easily won 11 or 12 games. Just because late game situations and things like that, Play calling was awful. It was so – I'm not a Dallas fan. I was calling their offense, like, <laughs> at home. I knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. You just uh, what's uh, um, Kellen Moore, former quarterback from Boise State, their OC. It's, like, the most predictable offense ever. Yeah. Granted, it may have changed, may not. But – so that's what you – you do have Saquon Barkley, but you had Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, and you didn't use him right. Well, it was some – you didn't know how to use him and then how to use that. So now you have, uh, let's say, weaker quarterback, same caliber running back, weaker offensive line. Weaker offensive line. <laughs> so weaker weapons on a receiver. So you're not going to get better. I'm thinking, you know, they went 4-12 and last year. Um, I think the over-under – is six and a half as far as their wins. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of their their ceiling, six wins. Um, but I can see them going four and twelve again. Luckily, they do have, or they think they have their quarterback of the future. So <laughs> if they have a top five pick, top six pick, then they can get, you know, maybe they're okay to get Andrew Thomas this year. They probably still need some uh, help on that O lines. They lost Nate Soder last year, even though he wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, or you can just get a top playmaker. So they got it. They, I like them. They're third best in the division over Washington, but I like their trajectory, like you said, over Washington because they seem to think – like I always say seem to think because we don't want to say they have their quarterback. <laughs> we don't know how well he's going to progress. Right. <laughs> so they think they have their quarterback. Um, they have, shoot, an all-pro at running back already. Yeah. So – their offense, their their the way they're building their team, they do want to run the ball. So, um, I you know I like them. Not I like them in three years maybe. <laughs> I like them in three years maybe. Not this year. They're gonna yeah. suck again this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're gonna they're gonna be really bad this year. I think three and thirteen, four and twelve, bad. Not because the roster is still that bad, but because. The defenses they have to face this year, uh, and this goes for everybody in NFC, but they start at at Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Francisco, at Rams, at Cowboys, 
and then they play Washington twice in four weeks and squeezed in between that is at Philadelphia and Tampa Bay and then at Philly. Like those are all those are some good front are sevens. Ridiculous defenses. You got good Washington, front sevens right? Like and you you can only run the ball. Right. Um and so that's that's why I'm so low on this. And then when they come back from their bye, they you've also got at Seattle at Baltimore sprinkled in there. Yeah, I mean, they're not they 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 could honestly only win two games. Yeah. They've got a pretty wide ceiling from two to six wins. But the problem is they don't I like the roster trajectory. With that said, they do not match up well with a lot of the a lot of the teams on their schedule this year. Yeah. Um, and that, and even even the games that are going to be quote unquote easy for them, two against Washington and one against Cincinnati. Two Washington has a tremendous front seven, and then Cincinnati actually I think has a quarterback now, so uh, an offense that's going to be able to at least light some sparks. So yeah, this I, I think it's it's going in the right direction. And next offseason, they'll be in a position to either add to that offensive line uh, with with Penny Sewell or uh, Walker Little or whoever out of Stanford. Or they could just, you know, add some more pieces to the defense. Michael Parsons, everybody loves Sean Wade like that. I don't. But they gave James Badbury $14.5 million, So they would probably love Sean Wade too. Um, I've had my gripes with Gittleman, who is their GM, Dave Gittleman. Um, but I do – I like the way in which he builds teams. I think he's yeah. a little overrated, but I do like the way in which he builds teams, and I think he builds them long-term and through the trenches. And, and it already seems like to me, I at least I applaud franchises who are like – like Daniel Jones is not trash. I don't know if he can be a franchise elite-level quarterback, but I do already know that if I put a good roster around him, I can compete, and I applaud them for – for like, look, all right, we know this guy ain't like Blake Bortles, for example – so, all right, here we go. Chips all in. We're not doing this whole, is he it? Is he not? Like, um, and then I can appreciate that about the team. They're still, at, they're at least building blocks to, to, to build around him. Uh, I think that's a plus. That being said, yeah. Um, probably three and 13, four and 12. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that is just. Yeah, that, 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 that's all I'm saying, man. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that is just the schedule, unfortunately. Um, yep. That thing, that thing got rough on folks real quick. Um. Eagles, this is the team that I think that most, a lot of people have had a wide ranging sort of expectations from, I mean, I've seen some folks whose football opinion I actually respect, like as low as five and 11. Um, and then some folks who I actually expect, respect their opinion, 13 and three. Uh, so who really knows? Uh, they lost quite a few guys, Jordan Howard, Malcolm Jenkins, Nelson, unlike Aguilar. Um, we talked about Ronald Darby. And then uh, they add Darius Slay, Marquise Goodwin, uh, a couple other guys, some French guys. Uh, I hated Jalen Rieger at 21st overall, to be totally honest. <laughs> well, I, I think we only hate it because Justin Jefferson was on the board. Yes, yes. Thank I, th- you for I think <laughs> if, if, if they had the 20, well, I think that he went 21st and then Justin Jefferson went 22nd. If Rieger, if Jefferson was already gone, I think – Rieger is a good pick. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. just because, you know, he was a more complete receiver, man. And you um I've been hearing reports that, you know, they're they're likely to release or trying to trade um um Alshon uh Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. So you go from I I don't see why yet. Maybe at the trade deadline, maybe, but right now, let them play it out, man. Why not? You you have uh, Alshon Jeffrey, you have Deshaun Jackson, you have Rieger, 
You got Rieger and Deshaun Jackson. You got two guys who are probably going to be the fastest players on the field when every time y'all play. That's pretty tough to defend. You have Zach Ertz, even though apparently he says Philly doesn't want him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, what? Anyway. Yeah, contract stuff, man. Uh, Miles Sanders in the backfield. You know, you got it, – it all comes down to can Carson Wentz stay healthy? Because it's not a, it's not a matter of can he play? Can he, you know, win games? It's can he win games the entire year? Yeah. <laughs> because they win that playoff game if he plays. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think – like you said, Seattle is Russell Wilson a bust. I think even though – That's it. Yeah, he dragged he dragged five receivers out there off the street and willed the Eagles to the playoffs last year. So he's a pretty good quarterback. It's just a matter of him staying on the field. So you look at this, and I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, they start with Washington, go to L.A., uh, Rams, Cincinnati, San Fran, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So NFC East is matched up with the AFC North. It's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty tough. Um, New York, Dallas, then a bye. New York again, Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans. So for the people who are saying 5-11, and 11, I think they're more so looking at that schedule. Because this is a pretty rough schedule. Yeah. That's a pretty rough but, schedule. I still don't think they're not. No, they're not 5-11. and 11. I mean, Peterson's too good. Carson yeah. Wentz is too good. The you roster know. is just too good. Yeah, and, yeah the roster is too good for five wins. Now, the ro- I think, go ahead. No, I was going to say the roster is too good where it's too good in places to where if you're really good there, you're not going to lose 11 games. That's quarterback, offensive line, and defensive line. So, like, a team with Jason, uh, Jason Kelsey at center, Lane Johnson, um, I think – I'm not sure the health of Jason Peters. Uh, if he's healthy, you know, he's – I think he, he's healthy because they just gave him a pay raise to move from guard to left tackle again. Yeah. So he's so, healthy. You, you've <laughs> got Lane Johnson, you know, Travis, uh, Jason Peters, Jason – I mean, on the defense, Fletcher Cox, Brendan Graham. Like, teams with that, like, you're not yeah. – that. this is – if you have that, you're a 7-11 to 11 win team. <laughs> like, they can the, bottom out at 7-9. and nine. The only – look. Only reason they will win five to seven games is if Carson Wentz isn't playing. That's which, it. Which is possible. Which is possible. But <laughs> I'm thinking fully loaded. This is a, at least a ten win team. Oh, at yeah. least. Now the only thing I would say is just like you know Deshaun Jackson is only going to play four games. So I think know. that's why they brought in Rieger. And so it's like you got you, you, you have count, to, you count on a rookie. Yep. TC. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's more so of the deep threat capabilities so they want to push the ball downfield they couldn't do that without Deshaun Jackson on the field they couldn't do that with Alshon Jeffrey not on the field because Jeffrey is sneaky fast too he's not the speed of Jackson obviously but if this is a big if if they're if all of them are healthy Carson Wentz has an MVP caliber season yeah, but, but that's a big that's a big if Exactly. That's a big if. <laughs> so, but I think literally they're like, they're nine, 10 wing team. Man. I, and I think, I think 10, um, good coaching staff, really good old line, really good quarterback, but it all depends on who's available. Yeah. Because history shows us that they're not always available. 
We yeah. can only go by history. <laughs> That's it, which I think they're, you know, I don't know. I should probably research this and see just if there's anything more to just training staff or anything there. Because it's one thing to be hit with injuries. Like, you know, every team, every other year, you know, it's probably just going to have injury bad luck. You know, that happens. But it's starting to feel like consistently Philly struggles to stay healthy more than other teams. Um, and I don't know if it just feels like that because of Carson Wentz, which is it which might be the case. But I, I think it's a combination of Carson Wentz to Deshaun Jackson. No matter where he's been, uh, though, yeah. he's dealt with soft tissue injuries. Yeah, and literally all speedy receivers have these injuries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go down the list. And with Jeffrey, I think he, ha- he already has a history, you know, soft tissue injuries. So. Um, I think because you're getting these guys with injury history, you're bringing them in to your team. You're creating that narrative. That's true. I think it's, I think it's less on the training staff. Obviously, they have to get those guys prepared as well. But I think you're bringing those guys who have an injury history in and expecting them not to have an injury history. Yeah. No, that's real. Um, I forgot about they added Darius Slay. So they actually have a number one corner now. Finally. But if he stays healthy, that was pretty much most of their troubles the past few years, corner and receiver. Yeah, I mean, look, I like the defense as well, mostly because I like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. They make your secondary better regardless. Um, they got Roby Coleman as their nickelback now, which that's a pretty good slot corner, corner and a half. Uh, and then I actually like their second, Jalen Mills and Rashad McLeod. Um, yeah. yeah, I just I, – I can't, I can't hone in on – like in the spring, I thought this was a 13-win team. Now I think they're more like a 9-10 win team. And that's mostly because – and they got two of the best tight ends in the game, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Now they're not better than Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. But um, I think that, that – combination is, is – I, I think that combination is better. I don't want to say better. But it's, it's good to have that combination because you can't, you can't own in on one guy. Oh, yeah. And they, and they both have a different skill set, really. I think Goddard stretches the field more. Zach Ertz is going to give you third down conversions. So, oh, yeah. Well, especially because they don't have no receivers. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think Philly, Philly 9, 10 wins. I'm not in the five or six win crowd where it bottoms out. But, you know, I've heard some people say it's an MVP season for him, and they're one of the top Super Bowl contenders. I think they are in the NFC. Like, to me, it's, it's San Francisco – it's Seattle, it's Dallas, or it's Philly. And, like, if you're not within that four, you don't have a shot at the Super Bowl. I don't want to talk about Tampa or New Orleans or anybody else. I mean, we will later. But um, I do think Philly is on the fringe there, and a lot of that just depends on Carson Wentz's health. That's it. Uh, and that's really about it. I mean, <laughs> uh, Cowboys. Go to Dallas, man. Good old Get Cowboys. 8-8 um, eight eight last year. Which is just absurd. That team had no business being an eight-win team with that. That rock. That's on the ten-eleven win roster. Anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, Mike McCarthy is the new head coach after ten years of Jason Garrett. They really had on Jason Garrett for ten years, bro. Oh, I don't know how. I don't know he how. probably should have been out in five. Yes. Because <laughs> he went three straight years, eight and eight. That third year, whenever that was, he should have been out. Yeah, man. So Mike McCarthy, big upgrade. Kellen Moore comes back as offensive coordinator, which, you know, maybe it was his first year. 
And, you know, he's going to make that sophomore jump as well. Because I do think coaches can do that, too. I think coaches yeah. do that as well. So, uh, Hey, Shanahan did it. He did. Because his he first year as coordinator man. was not very good. 15 in Atlanta, it was <laughs> not very good. 16, uh, same personnel. Major leap. Same as that personnel. Yep, major leap. So, no that is, so that is possible for Kellen Moore. And, and I, there, are, there are some reasons that you can be excited about there with with Kellen Moore. And then a lot of that honestly might been might have been him having to concede to the philosophy of Jason Garrett too. So, you know, so. I don't I don't want to I don't want to put all that on him. Uh defensive coordinator Mike Nolan was the I think the Saints linebacker coach uh beforehand. He comes over. I like him as defensive coordinator. It wasn't very good. I coach. know he was Atlanta's DC. He was Atlanta's DC when I was in camp with him. Mm. 13, 12, 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. That defense was decent at that time. What I've heard, you know what I've heard? Um, I like Asante Samuel, obviously. I don't think he, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Oh, no. Well, he, he had like 54 total interceptions in his career and yeah, whatever. But yeah, I think he, he was going on Twitter rant one day. I think some, uh, uh, some random people were asking about, you know, who is trash, who is good. And I think they 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 asked him who was their worst coordinator. He named Mike Nolan as oh, his wow. worst coordinator. I don't know why. I'm just you know passing along the information. <laughs> uh, but he he said the guy didn't have a clue of what he was doing. But you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, he was the, he was the um, head coach of the Niners once, wasn't he? He was. Now he was bad at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. That was bad. So uh, you know, I think that's. <laughs> Man, I'm not saying he's trash. I'm just, I'm just giving you the information. <laughs> well, Mike McCarthy likes him, and I'm, a, I'm a bigger McCarthy fan than other people. And I know on here, you, uh, our last episode, you talked about how he had Aaron Rodgers, and they. Well, I, I had to bring that up just because there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of optimism, and there should be just because. You move on from Jason Garrett, right? But then on the flip side, it's like, yeah, you had a top three quarterback for three uh, for ten years, and you went to the Super Bowl in '09, and you just couldn't. It, it, it's like you it it never clicked as far as your expectations. Like they were the next year, they went 15 and one, got beat the first round. You know. You can't overcome five interceptions from Russell Wilson in Russell Wilson in national championship game. Uh, not, I'm sorry, national championship game. <laughs> uh, NFC championship game. Uh, and it, it's with Atlanta, um, even last year with uh, against San Fran. That ain't his fault. I'm just saying not everything <laughs> is his fault, but he is the team leader. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I'm with you. I – I attribute their their playoff failures since winning the Super Bowl to Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. and and if there's some yeah that's fair. And if there's a second person to blame, it's Ted Thompson, and then I'll blame my McCarthy third. But uh, but Aaron Rodgers and Ted Thompson are the reason why they couldn't overcome five interceptions from Russell Wilson. Um, Rodgers was sack fumbled with that immaculate reception type touchdown on that role playoff game against Arizona. They went to Atlanta and just got Molly Watt because Gucci was in the building. Like <laughs> I mean they just and and then and then they they went and did their usual sort of playoff exit under Aaron Rodgers, 
last year as well without McCarthy. And that's just what it comes down to. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal one-year, four-game playoff run. And yep. since then, he's not been a good postseason quarterback. And now I think we think about him coming and beating Dak in Dallas um, in that divisional playoff game in 2016, but they went to Atlanta the next week and laid an egg. He can give you one good postseason performance probably. He can't do that consistently. He did it one time consistently, and that is where he got this fabled, you know, um, narrative around being this great elite clutch quarterback. But outside of that, outside of those four games, I just haven't seen it from Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, and, and 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 I agree. Like it's, I see both sides, and and I'm, I'm not saying my I'm. We both agree McCarthy is a better coach than uh, Jason Garrett. I'm not saying he's not. Yeah. I'm just saying don't we don't need to be so excited that they're going to just go from eight and eight to thirteen and three just because they added a new leader. Yeah. They just they still have the same players. <laughs> I hear you. And, but those players should have that roster is a twelve man roster last year. Yeah. That, because some of those games. If you have better coaching at the end of those games, they win those games. As much as I hate the Cowboys, that's a 10 to 12 win team last year. So I agree. They're going to be much better with McCarthy. Um, and they have some, some, some pretty good additions, man. I like CeeDee Lamb. Uh, that's, just, CD Lamb. that's just lethal. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, you got Gallup, you lose Randall Cobb. Um, and but, Jerry McCoy. You know, who? Added Jerry McCoy, oh, and Jer- Clinton Jer- Dix. McCoy. one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, and Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy so Dalton. even if and that's only it's only going to help Dak, man. Yeah, only going to help Dak. Uh, Dontari Poe in the middle, um, Everson Griffin, Alden Smith uh, got reinstated, so <clears throat> you got Demarcus Lawrence. So they, I mean, they have a they they should have a pretty good pass rush. I hate their secondary. Secondary is not very good, but pass rush always helps that. But I do think as you get in these close games, and especially if they make the postseason, which I think they will, yeah. Um, when you get in those close games, you, you, you go against a team with some firepower, that secondary is going to hold them back. And I think if especially going against Philly, um, those two are the best two teams in the division. You know, they, their receivers, I think Philly secondary – against Dallas is better than Dallas secondary against Philly. Even though I'm not high on either, especially with the loss of Malcolm Jenkins and Philly, but I'm not high on either. But, yeah, I think Philly against Dallas is better than Dallas against Philly. Yeah, I think they luck up. And this is why I like Dallas to win anywhere from 11 to 13 13 games, mostly because, again, I think CeeDee Lamb dropping to them was an amazing um, feat of – Luck, Trevon Diggs, I like at Alabama. I like Neville Gallimore, too, as an interior defender, I think, at Oklahoma. Um, the offense is still there. Now, the offensive line is not what it used to be. So, that, that, and that's we haven't talked about that enough. No one. Main, that's one yeah. of the main things, too, y'all. Um, I mean, they still got – you know, you still got Lyle Smith at left tackle, but they lost Travis Frederick. Zach Martin is over to guard, but – you know, they got Cam Irvin playing right tackle now um, and, and, and Looney at center. Like, you know, Looney's not Travis Frederick. The, this was probably one of the better offensive lines, I don't want to say ever, but perhaps in the generation 
you know, years ago. And it's not that anymore. And you know what's crazy? They had that. So it, it started uh, the DeMarco Murray 1,800-yard rushing year. Yeah. And the year after. And then it's like we're all high on Dallas' this O-line, and they're well put together because they started with the interior. And after that – after the year when DeMarco Murray left – or when after Zeke's first year, it kind of just started falling apart. Nah, they didn't get progressive. They didn't get, like, worse right off the bat. It's just injury here, injury there, retirement, you know, have to replace this guy. So it started coming down as soon as it got really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's crazy. And now that's not considered your – like, before, that was really the strength over any team they played. Oh, for sure. But now it's like, uh, they're kind of even. So you don't have that to hang your hat on. It's still pretty good. Don't get me wrong. I used to have Ezekiel Elliott back there. Yeah. But to where it was, it's not that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, you don't have – you lose – I think we just sort of have this natural inclination just across sports to, like, under, undervalue offensive linemen. And, like, Travis Frederick is a big loss. And the same way Marshall Yond is a big loss for the Ravens. Like, nobody wants to talk. Like, those are big (laughs) – those are big holes that cannot be replaced. That said, I honestly don't like their defense either. I like the front seven, though, which I think makes up – like you said, we say this all the time, makes up for lack of secondary play. Leighton Vander Esch was not who people like to say he was last year. But I do think there's some bounce back in him. But he was not – he did not deserve the hype and the credit he got because he just did not play at the elite level last year like he did the year before. So maybe he has a bounce back in him. Uh, we, we, know, we know Demetrius Lawrence, you know, he is who he is. Gerald McCoy, Max still has some stuff in the tank, although he's not the player he used to be either. However, they look up at that. They don't play, I think, a lot of explosive offenses per se. Um, and I think that's going to – they don't play a lot of explosive offenses. They've got a great offense, and I think that's going to prepare them to large heights in the regular season. And that should help. McCarthy and that coaching staff figure out what they'll need to do from the secondary pass coverage perspective going into the postseason. Uh, you know, because they start out uh, with the Rams, the Falcons have a potent offense, but the defense is so bad and Atlanta and Dallas can expect to score against them. Seattle is Seattle. They got Russell Wilson and not much else. Uh, <laughs> they get Cleveland. So anyway, there's time yeah. For the defense, for them to figure out how they want to scheme their way into pass coverage. And they should be able to do that without facing offenses that are just going to be so explosive and go over their head or outscore them. And so that's why I think they'll, they'll ramp up to, to 10 to 12 to 13 wins. I think they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Um, and I actually had them in the Super Bowl, but we'll see. What <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. I just don't like them. Which pains, <laughs> I was about to say, which pains me because like, I don't like the Cowboys, but I, 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 like, I like the roster. I've liked the roster yeah. for quite a few years. That's, and that's the thing. The thing. It was always just Garrett. I think part of me is just still – I know Garrett is gone, but you still have the same team. So it's, it's, it's not like – it doesn't – it doesn't turn over that quick. Man, it's the mental, bro. It's, yeah, it, it doesn't turn over that quick. So <laughs> Super Bowl next year – I don't think so. Will they do they have a chance to win a division? Yes. I think Philly's gonna win it, but would I be surprised if Dallas win it? No. Because 
they have equal rosters. It just depends on who they line up against. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking both Philly. Well, I, I'm thinking Ooh. both of them are in that you know literally that nine to eleven win range. Who wins it? I, I still think Philly. Yeah. Just because Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champ. Obviously, McCarthy is a Super Bowl champ. But if this is the thing with, with Philly, I think as a, as, a, as a whole, offense and defense, their roster is slightly better. And yeah. we're hanging our hats on. It's always a matter of can they stay healthy. Yeah. Because if they – if Honestly, if they would have been healthy throughout Carson Wentz all of his years, they'd probably have two Super Bowls. Two out of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have Super Bowls. And, and he's an MVP that season that he got. Uh, oh, without ACL. So, uh, I think Philly wins it, but literally wouldn't surprise me if Dallas wins it and Philly is a wild card. So, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Both of them are pretty good. Those are obviously the two best teams in that division. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got Cowboys, Eagles, uh, Washington. Nope, I got Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and then Washington. Um, and I think I think Dallas and Philly are both double-digit win teams. And I think the Giants and Washington are both three, four, five win teams. And not because the rosters are that bad, just because the schedule is, is so tough. Meaning I do think next year you're going to have a lot of competition in the NFC East um, where you got quite a few teams that are competing for, for the It postseason. takes about two off-seasons, good draft picks, Good free agents and development. Mm -hmm. And you can go from three to four wins to, you know, seven to nine wins maybe. Mm -hmm. But that quarterback is key. The Giants already, you know, they, they already have their guy. Washington don't even believe in their guy who they just named the starter. No. So, hey. you know, we'll, Kyle we'll, Allen downloading. We'll see how that works. Um, speaking of quarterback, moving on to a team I think has, has a future franchise quarterback. <laughs> And I actually slowly, like, this roster is actually not that bad. Cincinnati, um, Zach Taylor returns for his second year as a head coach. I've read a lot of stories on Zach Taylor. Um, by all accounts, he is a wonderful guy. Um, but he looked pretty bad last year. We'll get into that later. Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator. Lou, Anna, Lou ooh, Anarumo is a defensive coordinator. He comes back. So there's continuity on the coaching yeah. staff, which is always good. That's always the first step. Even if your coaching staff is mediocre, continuity still helps when you're trying to, you know, improve your franchise, become a long-term contender, and win games. Uh, what also helps is a good quarterback, and I think they got that in Joe Burrow. And people are always like, oh, he only had one monster year. That doesn't bother me. Uh, it doesn't bother me, one, because his monster year was absolutely spectacular. He and has two, the tools. He has the tools, and he's always had the tools because he started at Ohio State. So to me, that means he just needed to be in a system that would remotely allow his tools to develop and shine. And prior to Joe Brady, LSU just didn't have that for years. And sure. then on top of that, people are like, oh, I'm worried about Joe Burrow. You weren't worried about Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry or the slew of elite wide receivers that have come out of there over the past seven or eight years, but have had nowhere near elite wide receiver numbers. That needs to be the same. Those are traits. Exactly. That needs to be the same for Joe Burrow, who took that offense to those elite levels, finally, because they had someone who would let that happen. Uh, so I think they got a franchise quarterback. Uh, I don't, I'm ex I don't, I don't want to say I'm excited because I'm a Ravens fan. Um, <laughs> let me just pick out some other things uh, real quick. Uh, they lost Andy Dalton. 
uh, and some other French talent, Tyler Eifert, who can never stay healthy. Uh, Trey Waynes, I like that signing, $14 million. DJ Reader, I think, was a good signing. They might have paid him a little bit more than I would have at 13 and three, 13.3 a year, but um, that's, that's some good interior help. And then Von Bell, McKenzie Alexander, um, and some other guys. Uh, between Reader, Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, uh, I like – I think there's a lot on that front seven to like and to – uh, help of a younger sort of uh, secondary sort of coming to the flow, younger outside of Trey Waynes, McKenzie Alexander, and, and, and William Jackson. Uh, the defense is okay. I was a proponent of them allowing A.J. Green to walk. Now I understand from an organizational standpoint why they did not, because having him on the roster is going to help with Burrow's development exponentially. Um but, but what's your outlook on these on these Bengals? Um, AJ Green's also going to help T uh, T Higgins develop. Mm. They're pr- they're they're pretty similar, uh, pretty similar build and style of play, especially coming out of college. Uh, big body receivers actually use their bodies against uh, smaller cornerbacks. So yeah, I I like that. You know, I almost sound like I hate that he's there. <laughs> Because AJ Green's li- always kills the Ravens. Yeah, but always, bro. Always, I understand why they didn't let him walk. And apparently, he didn't want to walk, which is crazy. Who wants to be in Cincinnati? Bro, they got a good culture there, man. Like people always yeah. rag. The Bengals are not an awful organization anymore. And they were, not. they were like in the '90s and 2000s. But like, they've been just a solid. Not, not, not just like oh, they. I mean, they've. Plenty of times last decade, they, they made, what, five playoff appearances? They made five in a row, but they just couldn't win one. They just couldn't win oh, one. Yeah. And I'm told, like, they have good culture there. I mean, a guy like A.J. Cream wants to stay there. There's obviously some good culture in the guy. You know what I mean? So, they just can't get over the hump. Yeah. And and so, I think – no, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I like what they're doing. Um, you said they have their quarterback in the future. That's that's step. That's always step one. That's step you one. Believe, <laughs> you believe in the guy that you have. Everything else is easy because you got that guy. Now you can build around that guy, not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side. Now you got to figure out, okay, what's our philosophy? Are we going to just throw it around? Do we trying to, you know, sustain drives? Our defense stay, stay off the field? Like, are we going to be a heavy pass rush team? Or now you just got to figure out your philosophies on offense and defense, and then things will fall in place. So I like them. Um, I like where they're headed. Yeah. As a analyzing them standpoint, as a fan, I hate them. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but I'm I'm thinking I, I they like I said, AFC North is matched up with NFC East. So um, get Washington. You can beat Washington. You can beat the Giants. Uh, let's see, you play Houston. Uh, obviously, division games. You play Miami, uh, Tennessee. You play Indy. So I'm thinking, man, like four wins. I think I think they can notch four wins. Yeah, I think I think I think um, they can get to four. I think their ceiling is five. It's a four or five win team. But like you said, their trajectory is good. They do clearly still have some holes. The biggest one being along the offensive line. Now Jonah Williams didn't play his rookie season, so I do think that's almost like adding another first round pick too. At left tackle, uh, the big guy out of out of Alabama, 
Uh, the rest of the offensive line could, is still uh, still a liability. You got Michael Jordan starting that left guard. Um, and then that right tackle, they're going to have Bobby Hart. Ugh. So um, Burrow's going to – he's going to face a lot of pressure because of the deficiencies of the offensive line. Now, they did just give Joe Mixon a lot of money, and they do still have Giovanni Bernard. And then on top of A.J. Green and T.J. Higgins – or T. Higgins, um, they got Justin Ross. And so – you, I, I'm I'm torn because I like the roster and I feel like they should be better. And I want to like Zach Taylor because I hear about all the good things he does in the community and how good of a guy he is. But because he calls plays, he, it's going to be clear, I think, this year whether or not he is a guy you can build a team around from a head coach perspective. Because they, they were really bad last year, particularly on early downs. They did not do a good job of gaining yardage on first down. And it put them in difficult spots with a bad offensive line to continuously be in second and long and third and long. And, and, and from there, you just didn't do either of your quarterbacks any favors, Andy Dalton or Ryan Finley. And they went back to Andy Dalton. Um, and so that's the biggest thing is that Taylor has to improve from a head coaching and offensive play calling standpoint to make sure he doesn't ruin Burrow's development. Now, to that end, they were 0-8 last year in one-score games. So you could imagine on the flip side, they go back, they, they have a bump because they're going to the mean. So they go, you know, 4-4, four and four, and then they end up as a 4-5 or five or 6-win team. However, on the flip side of that, that could be just an indictment on Zach Taylor and that we lost all those close games because he's not a good manager in close games. So we'll see. Normally with most teams, it's about do we have the quarterback or how well is the quarterback going to make the jump into his second year? For Cincinnati, for me, it's like, is Zach Taylor going to make a jump as a head coach and an offensive play caller? Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's, that's the thing I think that they're, they're looking at from an organizational perspective. Like, we've got the quarterback. Do we have the right coach? Yeah, and, and that's one of those things that just remains to be seen. So, I like, like you said, the structure is there. The trajectory is there. Now we got to just see the progress. Well, let's talk about your favorite team um, that's in Northeast Ohio, uh, the good old Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Browns going to Brown. Oh, Browns going to Brown. But, you know, they went from 0-16 to 7-9 and to 6-10. You know, just just all the improvement. Um, I like that. <laughs> I'll I, I just go ahead and dive in. Yeah, just <laughs> but dive I, in. I, I honestly think um, – so Stefanski is their new coach. Uh, I think because he is their – I think he's, he's going to call plays too. Um, that's going to help yeah. Baker a lot. I'm not into the, you know – first off, Baker or anybody else on the offense from that, for that matter never respected Freddie Kitchens. Never. Which, <laughs> you have to earn respect in the NFL. Yeah. Like the guy went from running backs coach to head coach. That's crazy. Literally in less than 10 months or something like that. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I knew he wasn't going to do well. He just – you can't go from that and just manage a team like that. Like Browns are already in dysfunction. Then you got this dysfunctional quarterback. Yeah. You have Odell Beckham. You have Jarvis Lent. All these different personalities, strong personalities. And you're expecting them to live up to the hype when the Browns have been terrible forever. You just, yeah, I don't see 
why going. people thought they were going to win 10, 11 games. Yeah, that was crazy. But I do think they have a chance at winning, you know, going eight and eight, nine and seven this year. Oh, yeah. For talent alone. Yeah. Talent alone, you know, gets them seven wins and, you know, the, 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 the progression and the, I guess, he, all those guys being together another year is going to help their offense. Yeah. But what's going to hurt is literally everybody in their secondary is hurt. Cornerback <laughs> um, Kevin Johnson won't play. Um, they did sign – well, I get to the offensive side. But um, they did sign Carl, Carl Joseph. I liked him coming out of the draft out of West Virginia. He just hasn't been that great. Yeah. Obviously, that's why the Raiders, you know, chose to not retain him. But um, Kevin Johnson – um, Grant Delpit was who I thought slipped to the second round, but was a top 15 talent. He's out, and Greedy Williams is out. So that's three guys in the secondary that you're not going to have. So that that's that's going to hurt. Um, that's going to hurt early. Yeah, they'll probably get blasted by Baltimore tomorrow. To be honest, um, oh yeah, probably by two touchdowns, but. On the flip side, they got Cincinnati and Washington thereafter. Now, they better get their secondary act together by the time they go to Dallas in week four. But they got time. Um, yeah, I was just looking at the <laughs> schedule to see who they had because yeah. Dallas, Indy, Pittsburgh, that's in a three-week stretch. So they better <laughs> they better hope the um, secondary is right. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, they got time. I think they got time because there is some offsetting there in the front seven. They got Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon. Uh, Sheldon Richardson. So I do think the front seven has some, you know, has some some positivity there. And they still got Denzel Ward. I think he's 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 not out. He's, yeah, yeah. Um, and and he had a phenomenal rookie season. Uh, I think they're gonna make a jump, and I think they're gonna make a jump because uh, I, I I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of play caller Kevin Stefanski is gonna be in this kind of an offense. Because I do think – I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, but I think the tools in which they both bring to the table are a little bit different. Baker's a little more, you know, a little more scrambly, um, maybe not as accurate, but um, I think has the ability to make a little bit more explosive plays. You got Odell who can just go catch the ball with an insane catch radius. I like the addition of Austin Hooper. Would not have given him that much money, um, but I do think he makes the offense better. He is, he is an immediate upgrade – in good investment for this year. Long-term, I don't know how good that contract is, but I get it. Um, and they got one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best. Everybody going to call me, but Nick Chubb. <clears throat> um, he ain't Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Uh, but, but you know, Nick Chubb is up there. Uh, I don't like the Browns, but I think I think they're a playoff team. I got them as, with, the seventh, uh, with the seventh playoff team now. I think eight and eight, nine and seven is going to be enough to make the playoffs moving forward most years, if not every year, in each conference. Uh, and I think Cleveland can – I think Cleveland has the, has the ability to, to slide in. Now, look, I think Baker Mayfield has peaked. I will say that. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of room for him to improve, definitely physically. I think what you see is what you get from Baker Mayfield. However, see, what you see and what you get from Baker Mayfield is okay enough to win eight, nine, ten games for a decade. And it's like, I even, again, you got to look at Cleveland the same way you look at the Giants, right? It's like, we got this guy. He's not, he's not rubbish, 
And so this is who our guy is. Let's build a roster around him. Shout out to Cleveland for at least doing that. I think they're going to be stuck somewhere between six to 10 wins for a decade with him at quarterback, but that's better than going 0 16. That's an improvement. And I'm sure everybody by, uh, by the lake is happy about that. So they go yeah, to Cleveland Browns. We, we both agree. Uh, eight and eight, uh, nine and seven is their ceiling, but I'm thinking more so eight and eight. Um, yeah. They'll find a way to Cleveland. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Baker. <laughs> Baker's peak was his first, I say freshman, rookie year. I think oh, he yeah. 27 touchdowns. That's solid, though. Are you solid. That, that, that's, solid. that's solid. That's, that's a Pro Bowl ultimate. <laughs> He's a solid starter. He will be but a solid starter. He will for be a solid years. starter. Yeah. And that, when, when you hear franchise quarterback, it's, hey, this guy's our quarterback. He's going to win, win us some games. He's our leader. That's solid. Yeah. And that's – franchise quarterback doesn't necessarily have to be Russell Wilson, Patrick. Right, right. Those are elite guys. <laughs> Those are elite guys. <laughs> franchise quarterback is – this is our guy. We're putting – we're all in on this guy, and he can win us – he can win us games. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we agree. They're still third. Cleveland uh, – Cincinnati is fourth. Um, who do you have second? <laughs> You know, I got this team in this city that I just don't like. So I should let me go ahead and tell everybody. I, I've been to Pittsburgh once. First of all, it looks like a big old, it looks like somebody just took a big old chainsaw in a mountain and just carved like a little hole in it and said, we're going to put a city here, which is actually kind of nice. It's kind of beautiful. Um, but I caught the flu while I was there. And so I just hate Pittsburgh. Uh, but Pittsburgh has a lot of good food. A lot of, anyway. Uh, but I don't like the Steelers. Uh, we're Ravens fans. You all know this. I hate the Steelers, but they're gonna finish second. Um, let's 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 do let's do them a little justice. Let's not be totally biased. So Mike Tomlin comes back, um, one of the longest tenure and I think best coaches in the league. 14th year in Pittsburgh. Randy uh, Fitchner is offensive coordinator. Kevin Keith Butler rather is defensive coordinator. Um, they they didn't lose too much. Uh, Artie Burns to the Bears. He never really developed out of Clemson. Uh, Ryan Shazier uh, unfortunately retired. Um, but then they added Eric Ebron from the Colts, Derek Watt at fullback, uh, and then uh, Stefan Winsninski at left guard. Um, biggest thing here, I think everybody will say it, is the health of Ben Roethlisberger, who I don't like either. But, you know, you got to recognize game where game is. Um, and Ben is historically one of the best quarterbacks in the league, even though he's getting up there in age. Uh, if, if he can stay healthy – and, look, I don't expect Ben to play – 16 games and honestly this is a team that doesn't need him to play 16 games if Ben can play 12 games with that defense um, they're going to be a playoff contender I think honestly that's the defense was one of the best last year all across the board they were successful on early downs they prevented explosive plays they were amazing in the red zone just one of the better defenses I've seen that was with just a plus eight turnover margin so you can imagine with an actual quarterback and maybe some explosiveness on offense they're going to be able to be in positions to take the ball away even more. I'm really high on Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll get into Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the better team, but I think the winner of this division is 13 and three or 12 and four. And the second place team is 12 and four or 11 and five. And look, I think Baltimore, I picked Baltimore to win the Super Bowl. I think Baltimore is a better team, but would it surprise me if Pittsburgh wins 12 games and Baltimore wins 11? Absolutely not. That is the most glowing of the Steelers I have ever done. And now I want to go vomit. 
Yeah, man, it's yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So uh, just I'm not even gonna look at the offensive numbers because they started Doug Hodges and uh, Mason you know, Rudolph. Yeah, I, the I, offense was Mason so bad. Mason Rudolph bro. has the most punchable face <laughs> ever. So with, even if Miles Garrett didn't say anything, I'm not a proponent of violence, but I get it, bro. He has a punchable face. <laughs> So, looking at their defense, points allowed, they were sixth. At, uh, they allowed about 19 a game. Yards allowed, they were fifth. All right? So, they only uh, allowed 304 uh, per game. That was right behind Baltimore. Baltimore was third in points allowed and fourth in yards allowed. So, literally, the only thing held, holding them back, and they went eight and eight, so they're still 500, was the quarterback position. Would have made the playoffs so, with, with the 17. Yeah, they would have. And they had a chance, I think, in week 17. They needed some things to happen. Yeah. Because um, they went on a, a, a run. They didn't, they didn't have Antonio Brown. They didn't have Le'Veon Bell. They didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. I like their young receivers. <clears throat> um, uh, James Conner, I'm not – I was never high on him. He's, he's okay. Uh, wasn't high on him, um, though. Let's see who they um, – Let's see who they lost. Well, they added Eric Ebron, so I think that's going to be really big for uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, as far as impact players, I think as far as additions, he's the only impact player that they added. But with Ben, with Ben last year, that team probably with the health of Ben last year, that team wins twelve games. Literally. Yeah. So I'm glad. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, like, like they would have won 12 games. Baltimore probably wins 13. That's yeah. same thing happens this year, honestly. Same, same as that. The, these teams are so – they're going to be well coached. Yep. They have, you know, pretty good rosters. Um, I think the edge, like you said, we can't rely on Ben. We can't rely on Ben playing 16 games because that just doesn't happen. No. I think we're – I don't – and I don't, I'm not saying it's just because I'm a Pittsburgh hater, <laughs> but I don't think we're valuing his injury history enough. That's true. Like, he's very fragile, man. Yeah. He's very fragile. This is an elbow injury. So he, he's had shoulder injuries. He's had knee injuries. It's like, dude, you're getting up there in age. You can't keep having these type injuries at that position and continue to come back from it. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, I thought this past year was just going to be his last year, but I'm just thinking he didn't want to go out, go out like that. Yeah. But, like, he has about one or two years left just because his body is just failing him. But I don't think, as far as decision-making and things like that, yeah, you know, I don't think you lose that. Yeah, but velocity on the that. ball, escapability, what he's good for. Right. Running for that first, uh, uh, that first down on third and six. I don't think he's going to be as effective doing those type things just because of age and, you know, his injury history. I don't think he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be able to do it. Yes. But as effective as he's been doing it, I don't think you're going to get that magic from Ben Roethlisberger. And ultimately in the playoffs, that's what you're relying on. That magic from him, good quarterback play from him. So I'm, I'm high. Like, I think the, you know, about 10, 11, 12 wins. I do think they can win that in a regular season. Good coach, good quarterback. You know, that defense is solid. Really the defense good. is wild. It's really good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same range as you. 
But I think once it gets to the postseason, especially if they don't have a home game, they better hope they win about 10, 11, 12. They better hope they win about 12 games. Yeah. So they can get a home game. Um, even though, you know, I don't know, that far that far ahead, fans may or may not be in the stadium. You know, America doesn't care about COVID. So they may be in the stadium. It may be full capacity by January. That's real. <laughs> so um, that would be an advantage. But, yeah, I, I think they're young, especially on defense. They're very good on defense. They get a veteran quarterback back. Um, I'm, yeah, 11-12 wins, man. Look, I man. still think they're the second team. Second best team in the division. Yeah, yeah. But but look, man, any, any front seven with Bud Dupree, Cameron Hayward, Stephen Tuitt, and TJ Watt, that's that's six wins right there. <laughs> so TJ TJ Watt's TJ Watt's TJ Watt's better. He's better right now. He's better than his brother. Now during JJ's three defense player of the year award, he wasn't better. Yeah, but yeah. right now, but now, TJ Watt is better than his brother. Yes, without question. Um, and they they I'm, got Joe. I'm, I'm not gloating about them. I'm not. I'm done talking about them. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, Deontay Nelson, Joe Hayden. Yeah, you got Fitzpatrick at safety. Edmonds back there. This defense. I'm not gonna say they. If I put it to you, this if Ben plays all 16 games, the defense has a chance. I think to be historically very yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is how much stability Roethlisberger adds at quarterback. Um, even though the offense isn't that explosive per se, um, they got James Conner, as you mentioned. I actually like Benny Snell Jr. out of Kentucky. I watched a lot more Kentucky games last year than I probably ever did before. Um, and I think, I think those guys, those two are going to make a good solid one-two punch. Um, and the offensive line is really good, man. Uh, they're 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 good where they need to be. James Washington uh, is addition at wide receiver along with Smith Schuster. Yeah, I, I think um, it's look, they, have a, they have a favorable schedule. They have a very I'm, they I'm in, at it. them in Baltimore have very because they get to play the AFC South and NFC East, and so that's why I'm like, hey, both of these teams are going to win double digit games, and it's really just going to depend on you know what the results of 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 them going up when they play them. each other. Yep, um, and, they, and they typically <laughs> split. Uh, only time they don't split is when one team is like, like last year. Baltimore was significantly better because of the Steelers quarterback, because, yeah. you know, situation. Uh, but typically they split, man. Whether that's, you know, they win their home game, they win the owner. Whoever wins the first one, that second one is always tougher. Yeah. Uh, when both teams are good. <clears throat> now, if one team is bad, you can expect, you know, a two-o sweep. But both teams are too good. Like they, you know, Baltimore sweeps them. This year is like okay, Baltimore. You're you're a really good team. Yeah. But if Pittsburgh sweeps Baltimore, I don't still don't think Baltimore can't win the Super Bowl. No. You know what I'm saying? So because Pittsburgh's a really good team. <laughs> yeah, I mean these are two teams, right? You could you could go 14 and two and lose both games to 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 the other guy. Yeah. Like if, if Pittsburgh went 14 and two, that wouldn't surprise me. And both losses were to Baltimore and vice versa. Now I don't think either of them going 14 and two, but yeah, I got Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's floor. I hate to say it, and then we'll move on and stop talking about how good they are. Their floor is 10 wins. Yeah, 10 wins. Uh, the ceiling is honestly I – mean, the ceiling is 14, to be totally honest. I mean, that's how good this defense is, and that's how good of a quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is. And, like, look, I like that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't traditionally within, like, sports circles in the media get get the credit he deserves sports-wise because he is a horrible individual. Um, but, you know, that's – we have to acknowledge how good he is at playing quarterback. And if he's healthy, um, this is a year for them to make another run. 
the, that defense is so good to me that with Ben back and healthy, I'm honestly thinking maybe like all this talking about it just being Kansas City and Baltimore probably should have a little bit of sprinkle of Pittsburgh in it. Now, now me, it's clear, right? It is clear Baltimore, Kansas City. And then there's a gap. I just yeah. I thought the gap was ginormous in the spring. And now I think it's like I – think, I think we just forgot about Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just forgot about them. And I think it's because their quarterback position was so horrible that so it was just like – I forgot Ben Roethlisberger was returning. <laughs> So, uh, fair. All right, enough of the Steelers. Moving on to the Ravens, who are better. Um, <laughs> lost Hayden Hurst and James Hurst. Uh, Marshall Yonder retired and getting those big losses. Michael Pierce moved on to the Vikings. Uh, Seth Roberts to the Panthers to go catch some balls from uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they only bought in three, three guys, and they are huge additions to me. Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, and DJ Fluker. And then the draft, uh, my pick for defensive rookie of the year, Patrick Queen. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins is going to show out, I think, tomorrow and show why he is going to be a better pro than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, I said it. Uh, and then Justin Matabuki, I think, was big as a defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Uh, we talk about these guys all the time. Bob, uh, Kelly, lay it on us, man. Why are the Ravens winning the Super Bowl? Um, so the main reason why they lost against the Titans aside from um, Jarrell Casey just wrecking havoc on the offensive line, um, couldn't stop the run. Well, couldn't stop Derrick Henry. But we, the Ravens couldn't stop the run all year. So yeah. that's what people kind of glossed over. The secondary yeah. was really good. Um, but he couldn't stop the run uh, all year, especially in the interior. So you get Calais Campbell, you get Derrick Wolf, and Calais Campbell, shoot, that addition alone is just very big, especially because of leadership alone. Uh, his leadership Huge. alone, he's a veteran, um, made all pro um, teams a few times. He's always a pro bowler. And that's in Jacksonville. That's in Before Jacksonville. that, he was in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a leader of defense everywhere he's been. Yeah. And now he goes to a culture where it's like, we're defense first, we're team first. And he's just going to fit right in. So you, you solve that problem. You solve the problem that you didn't solve last year be, uh, because of the loss of C.J. Mosley. You get Queen out of LSU. Uh, I think he's more athletic than C.J. Mosley. So, you know, C.J. Mosley was very good in, uh, on pass defense. I think Queen is going to be of the same mold. Yeah. He's, he's going to be able to cover those tight ends and, you know, chip on the shallow uh, shallow and dig routes and things like that. So I think you solved two big problems right there. People will point to the loss of Earl Thomas, but if you – we watch all their games. Earl Thomas didn't play well last year. No. So if Deshaun Elliott starts last year, you still go 14-2 and two and still have the same type of – Oh, defense. yeah. Because Deshaun Elliott knows the defense better than Earl Thomas. Yep. That was the reason why they fought. <laughs> oh, hell. Yep gotten the, the, a heated argument. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, you still have Jimmy Smith. You have Marcus Peters. Um, you have Marlon Humphrey, who you're going to have to pay about $15, $16 million soon. That ain't no problem. It ain't no problem because <laughs> he's a top 10, probably top five corner. Oh, yeah. You have two, you have two top 10 corners on your, on your squad who are very good at taking the ball away. So you, you feel your you – you handle all your deficiencies in the offseason. 
and you have a motivated Lamar Jackson. I haven't even got to the offensive side. No, so you man. have Lamar Jackson motivated. All he wants to do is win the Super Bowl. He's more disappointed than we are that he's 0-2 in the playoffs. Right. It's got to drive so, him crazy every night. Man. I'm expecting J.K. Dobbins to have a great year, of course. Now you have a true number one back. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you have Mark Henry. Uh, Mark Ingram, sorry. <laughs> you have Mark Ingram, so you have that one-two punch. Um, Hayden Hurst, he was the um, – Hayden Hurst was the number three tight end technically, even yeah. though he was the first-round pick, because Mark Andrews just passed him because he's a better better receiving threat. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for Devin DuVernay. I was high on him out of college. I'm, I'm expecting him to have a big year. Um, so I, yeah, man, I, I, I like the Ravens. Even if I wasn't a fan, I would be high on them. And people can't, the people who are not, who, the people who are thinking that Lamar Jackson is just going to go from 36 passing touchdowns and boy, he had 3,600 yards. He's going to take a dip, maybe a slight dip, like 30 touchdowns. But yeah. I mean, it's statistical think, dip. Yeah, if you think he's just going to fall off a cliff like that was a fluke, you're crazy. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> because that was year one of that system. Yeah. That was year one, and they did that. So to be in that system again a whole entire offseason and you bring in more pieces, they're only going to get better. So are you going to have 1,200 rushing yards? I don't think they're going to run them as much, but his scramble ability, period, he might go for 1,000 again <laughs> or close to it. Just because you know some of those games, he's just going to run wild. But you can't underestimate his. It's hard to defend this offense. You talk about the Chiefs that are hard to defend. You don't have to worry about Patrick Mahomes, you know, on third and ten running for a first down as much as you do Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes has better weapons on the outside, but the challenges, the challenges that the Ravens' offense presents to defenses. It's different from the Chiefs, but it's the same that this a similar challenge. See what I'm saying? Yeah. No, so, I, I hear you. Um, <clears throat> I mean, look, I, the thing I want to highlight most is, and, and the reason why I have them going 13-3, number one AFC winning the Super Bowl, uh, is the additions on defense. And I think there is a lot of addition by subtraction here. Uh, I think Earl Thomas being gone is a clutch is a good thing, both from a cultural standpoint, but then also personnel. Like with Elliott stepping in and getting the bulk of those first team reps now alongside Chuck Clark, I think they're actually better in the secondary. On top of that, this Chuck was Clark is underrated too. Chuck Clark is mad underrated, and this was the second most injured defensive unit in the league last year. You went fourteen and two with the with the second most uh, adjusted games lost on defense. Now, granted, they were the healthiest offense in the league last year too. So, you know, there is some, some bit of offsetting there. Um, But if you see that when you have the, when you've got the healthiest offense in the league, you were the best. And when you had the, one of the least healthy defenses in the league, you were middle of the pack because they were still successful on early downs. They still did not allow too many explosive uh, plays in the past game. They were awful in the run. But if you were awful in the run when you lost a lot of injuries, to me, that did that details that you probably had a lot of missed tackles and guys just didn't know, didn't know assignments, where to be, where to go when it came to run defense. And that sort of helped that. So you should naturally improve in those areas 
one with an interior defensive stopper like Calais Campbell, who is still a monster. Um, and then obviously with the hopes that your adjusted games loss on defense sort of balances out. Uh, yeah, this is the best team in the, in the, in the AFC to me. Um, we haven't even spent any time talking about Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm still, he still doesn't have the wide receiver weapons you would want. Miles Boykin and Willie Sneed are probably going to be uh, the starters. And then you got Hollywood Brown uh, that provides some deep play threats, but I do think there's enough. And look, I, I think, Honestly, I just think the front office just doesn't believe from a philosophical cap standpoint and having elite wide receivers. Like, that's kind of where I think it's going. I don't think it's a matter of – like, at a certain point, it's not a matter of us not being able to find them. Like, there was Brashad Perriman in the first round, Mark Clayton in the first round so long ago. But then, like, who else? You know, and I think fans even this year were, were clamoring for, like, hey, give me Denzel Mims or whatever in the second round, not the first round. Nobody – he wasn't that good. Uh, but – I just think philosophically, it's kind of like, look, we're not going to spend that kind of money or draft capital on wide receivers. And it works. So I'm not against it. Um, I, I do think there's enough, obviously, offensively. And then they bring back, now, to me, the question this year, offensive line. And, and that's where I'm thinking there might be a little bit of a drop off. Ronnie Stanley is still at left tackle, one of the best. If he didn't already get paid, he's about to get paid. Uh, and then Orlando Brown Jr. on the other side of the right right tackle position is good. Uh, Matt Skura at center. Um, I don't like the guard positions. So I'm looking at those two with Marsha Yonda gone because I, obviously the run game is so paramount to what they want to do offensively. Dobbins going to have a big year, like you said. Still got Mark Ingram. Lamar is Lamar. But I want to see how those guards play because I do think that can be the difference in 13-3 and three and 12-4 and four or 11-5. and five between guard play, between injuries on the offense, and 13-3 and 11-5 and is probably the difference between the first seed and having that bye, and then the fifth seed and having to win uh, that first game on the road. So a lot of adjusted variables there. But is this the best team in the division? Absolutely. Best team in the conference? I think so. Um, last thing I want to highlight, they only had a plus 10 turnover margin last year. They just did not – they didn't turn the ball. They didn't have as many takeaways. They didn't, yeah, they didn't get enough takeaways. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, um, and that's going to happen when you're the most injured secondary in the league. <laughs> and time of possession, though. You got you to factor yeah. that in as well because they ran the ball a lot. Um, so they sustained a lot of drives, defense. Not on, I mean, three and outs. They didn't get – they probably had more, uh, so many three and outs and so many punts they didn't have to turn the ball over or take the ball away from the other team as much. But, yeah, they got to gotta improve on takeaways. Yeah. What's your division order? I have uh, Baltimore first. I uh, think they went around between 11 and 13 games. Uh, Pittsburgh close second in that same range, though. Yeah. So between 11 and 13. Um, Cleveland. I think their floor is seven just because it's Cleveland, but their ceiling is nine. And then Cincinnati, I think they'll win three or four games. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's pretty much uh, – I wouldn't be mad if somebody put Pittsburgh ahead of Baltimore because that's very, you know, it's very, very realistic. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I have the Ravens first, though. <clears throat> yeah, much insane. I got the Ravens going 13-3, and three, Steelers 12-4, and four, Browns 8-8, eight and eight, but making the playoffs. Uh, and the Bengals 4-12. and 12. I got three playoff teams out of here um, with the Ravens getting the number one seed. But, yeah, it's going to be a dogfight at the top of that division. 
uh, all, all, all year long. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, moving on to our favorite division, the NFC South, as we wrap up our season previews. Uh, we're going to start in Carolina. Um, last three years, 11-5, 7-9, 5-11, so a little bit of gradual decline. They lost a lot of guys, but bought in a lot of guys. Bruce Irvin is gone. Don Terry Poe is with the Cowboys. Gerald McCoy, Greg Olson, James Bradbury, Luke Keekley, Ooh, Mario Addison, Trey Turner, and Vernon Butler. A lot of guys out of there for a variety of different reasons. Keekley surprisingly retired. They bought in Teddy Bridgewater, gave him an insane, insane amount of money, $21 million a year, traded for Russell Okun, Robbie Anderson from the Jets, John Miller, Justin Burris, Seth Roberts, Eli Apple, Eli Matt Rule, new head coach, Joe Brady comes over to be offensive coordinator after being, what, the LSU wide receivers coach slash co-offensive coordinator. And then Phil Snow is a new defensive coordinator coming over from Baylor. A lot of turnover here. Probably their best addition in the offseason. I love Teddy Bridgewater. Derrick Brown, seventh overall. I think he's going to be a monster. Yeah, uh, then, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and then Utah Gross Matos, uh, 38th overall, which, you know, this time last year, Gross Matos was a top 15, top 10 pick. So I think they got a whole lot better on the uh, on in the uh, on defense. Uh, the front seven, I mean, bruh, like, and this is why I think Carolina is not going to be some walkover, some push, some some team you just come and push around. Uh, and they might end up being five and eleven or six and ten, bro. You 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 going you going to be sore the Monday after you play Carolina. Uh, so, and this is why, <laughs> but what, what, what's your outlook on, uh, on what Matt Rule might be able to do his first year as a, as an NFL head coach? Man, I just, I just think because of all of those additions, man, uh, I'm talking all of those losses, those losses, you lose, you lose a lot of vets. You lose the anchor yes. of your defense, which even though they were losing those games or they've been in a steady decline, their defense was always, you know, Pretty, pretty good. So you lose that anchor. You lose Thomas Davis as well. You lose Bradbury. You lose Mario Addison. You lose Gerald McCoy. Like, the defense is still – the front seven is still solid, but you lose those vets. So, and you can never underestimate the loss of long-term vets in the system or yeah. in the organization. Yeah. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is just not very good to me. <laughs> He's average. <laughs> Um, I'll give you that. He's always been average. Like he's, like I, you can go out, you can say like he's probably the what the 18th, 20th best quarterback in the league. That's but he's getting paid, you know, three I think three years, sixty something million dollars or something like that. But you know he's going to do enough. He's not going to lose your game. No. But you know he probably won't win your game either. So. I don't see why you trade Cam Newton for Teddy Bridgewater, but hey, they made that decision. Um, they get Robbie Anderson. Um, Jets fans were pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> they got no wide receivers. They're they such an awful so they, organization. <laughs> <laughs> they they get Robbie Anderson, uh, Russell Coon, um, Seth Roberts, who you know dropped that pass, <laughs> dropped the pass that would have been a touchdown and. Um, against the Titans with the Ravens, but who cares? We're not going to talk about that game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, I don't think they're going to be able to compete in games. For one, they have Christian McCaffrey, and we haven't even mentioned him. They have the best running back in the league. He's just going to do insane things 
game in and game out. So they're going to be able to, 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 to score a little bit. And like you said, they're going to be able to stop some people. But I'm thinking like four or five wins, man. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they're in the NFC South. You know, they're already going against a tough division. Um, so, yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> I'm a little bit higher in Carolina than some folks. Is this a playoff team? Absolutely not. But I got them at 6-10 and 10 and, and a couple of reasons for that. One, I, I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade over the quarterback play they had last year. Now, do yeah. I think Cal Allen might eventually be a solid starter? I do. I might be in the minority on that. But I just think there are a variety of things just that were happening last year that just weren't in the works to be able to set up for him to have success. The other thing there is the defense was really bad last year. The defense should be a lot better. Not really bad. Let me walk that back. They were bad on their early downs, and what that led to was a lot of second and third uh, intermediaries and short for offenses, and that's why um, I think they struggled in some areas. Um, now, that pass, and, that pass defense um, was still pretty good from an efficiency standpoint. They gave up more big plays than you would have liked probably um, from a passing perspective, but they're going to be able to stop the run again, and they should be able to get guys off the field. On top of that, last year, their turnover margin was negative 14. You're not turning the ball over that much with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So naturally, you're going to have more possessions with C-Mac, with Seth Roberts, with Robbie Anderson. They're probably going to be able to control the offense a little bit better. That's going to give that defense more time to rest, and they should be able to get off the ball, get to the quarterback, cause some pressures, um, make a few more plays, and get more turnovers. Now, they're still really bad, particularly at cornerback. They've been really bad at cornerback for quite some time. I don't know if they treat, treat cornerbacks the same way Baltimore treats wide receivers and Atlanta seems to treat edge rushers, edge rushers. Like it's like some franchises are just like, look, we're not investing a lot in that position for whatever reason. Um, and, and maybe Carolina is that. They let James Bradbury walk. They let Josh Norman walk. I just think they don't really care about cornerbacks, which is fine. When you got a front seven with Kawan Short, Yeter Grossmatos, Derek Brown, so on and so forth, Brian Burns. I just think you obviously got a lot of young guys there. Uh, next year, like I, I expect them to be six and 10 this year and finish last in the division next year. They're going to be a very popular choice from, uh, last to first. First, first, uh, last, yeah. Worst yeah. to first. They, they're going to be a, a popular choice there. And, and, and I, and I agree that I expect that. I think the biggest thing with them is seeing some, uh, seeing some promise out of the young guys, which I think they are in Brown and gross Matos. Uh, and they still got Shaq Thompson there. Uh, and then seeing what kind of, uh, offensive mind Joe Brady is at the NFL level. Uh, those are the things I want to see. And if Matt Rule is a leader of men or a leader of young men, um, <clears throat> because I thought he could have turned ba- I I thought he could have turned Baylor into what Oklahoma is. And I know people might look at me and sound think that's crazy, but if he wanted, crazy, if he wanted to be at Baylor for twenty years and and you know at least there be a a comparable juggernaut to to Oklahoma, they could have done that because the facilities are there. They keep, you know, recruiting. Um, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're investing there. He left a really good job. I think Baylor is a really, really good job now in college football. Uh, and so I want to see what he has at the pro level because he left, I think, what is a brewing sort of superpower in college football. Yeah, we, and, and that remains to be seen. Just like, you know, it, anytime – so you have two college coaches 
coming together, basically. Yes. And the 3 because Phil Snow was the defensive coordinator at Baylor last year. Oh, yeah. So, so that, that, that's – That's what I'm looking at. I got to see that. That's a big transition. So mm-hmm. you expect that struggle, really, that, that transition from, from – uh, during that first year. Um, Matt Rule is a really good head coach, but we've seen before – you know, college and NFL, it doesn't Two always translate. Yep. Because you go from 18 to 21-year-olds to, you know, 21 to 35-year-olds. Like, that's a big range. That's a big – a lot, of, <laughs> lot of happens in life between there. Exactly. <laughs> you got to – you NFL, you actually got to deal with money and contracts. They playing for free, bro, in college. <laughs> They're playing for the, the fun of it and trying to get to another level. Right here, it's like, bro, you messing with my money. I need, I need a hundred catches. <laughs> oh, no, that's real. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that that that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I got Carolina eight and eight, man. I am much higher on eight them. And eight. I'm much, uh, yeah, eight and eight. I got, I'm much higher on them than a lot of folks are. I, I think, uh, I just, I just, I like. I'm a, I'm a sucker for, um, not turning the ball over, time of possession in a decent front seven, like when you bring all those three things together, um, you're going to be able to win a lot of games that you're not supposed to. Now, are they a playoff team? Nah, but yeah. six, seven, eight wins. Yeah. And they go, they, they, I, I see them being one of the teams that causes a lot of havoc um, at the end of the year. Like you do not want to see them on your schedule um, late in the season because they going they going they going to hurt your feelings if you got to go up against. Them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Uh, moving on. Speaking of which, I mean, they end after their bye week. They end Denver at Green Bay at Washington, New Orleans. So they're gonna be able to break some hearts, especially that last game they, against. Yes, <laughs> last game. they are. They are, and that's at home. Uh, yeah, that last game against against New Orleans. They're gonna be able to put some, put some, put some hearts to sleep, Coach. Uh, we'll come I back to. Last- this. Huh? I was about to say. I, well, I was about to move on to the next one. I think you about to go to Atlanta. I'm about to go to Atlanta. I, I I think we're probably on the same page with Atlanta, man. Yeah, and and I I fluctuate. I, I want I want to believe in this team, really do, but it's just so many holes. It's it, it is. Um, it's so many. I I think what they what we want to believe in what they're building. Well, what they built this off season. Uh, we already know who Dan Quinn is. Like we, we are. are he we is. Are we are what the was. And. <laughs> That the the most fair thing you can say about a coach is you are what your record is. Yep. You know whatever the circumstance is, you are what your record is. And you know he hasn't been very good lately. He yep. has some bright moments, and but he hasn't been very consistent as far as leading his team. Because um, the weapons are there, especially on the offense side of the ball. Oh yeah, they offense, side, offense should have what a top six top five or six offense as far as statistics they should have that this year he's a defensive minded coach he's a defense minded coach but the defense hasn't been that good yep so um i think this year will look like the year after they went to the super bowl Uh because i think they got beat by philly that year Uh um in the first round but i think second round it was second round? Yeah, they beat the Rams wild card, and they were one possession away from going back to the NFC title game. And then Steve uh, Sarkeesian called a, a rollout to the right for Matt Ryan. 
Um, and he tried to find Julio on the back of the end zone, but couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's – um yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think they're like, – I'm looking at their offseason moves. So, Hayden Hurst is going to de- – Hayden Hurst is an upgrade of offseason moves. Big pickup. He's a much he's much he's much better. He's more versatile. Dante Fowler is going to bring some pass rush. Todd Gurley, he's not going to be MVP caliber Todd Gurley, but I think he's going to be most effective for them in the red zone. He's got a he's resurgence. Still, he's still going to get you ten touchdowns because he's a big bat and he can catch the catch the ball in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Todd Gurley, Deion Buchanan, I think that was a good pickup. Uh, Darquez Denar, you can play him in multiple packages as far as nickel and dime. You're going to need that in the NFC South. Um, and then you have Charles Harris as well uh, coming off the edge. Um, I'm not high as far as like 10 wins on them. I think their ceiling is nine and seven. They're, they're between like seven and nine and nine and seven. Yeah. It depends on how well they gel on offense. Uh, if they can gel on offense, you know, nine wins. If they struggle out the gate, you know, Dan Quinn might be even fired by the body, but we'll see. Well, no, Arthur Blake doesn't. Yeah, man, that. he should have. Yeah, he not going because he should have done it last year if he was going to do that. So that ain't. But I think they don't make the postseason. He's gone. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody is on the tightrope. Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov. Um, I mean, this is Quinn's sixth year. Offensive coordinator is Dirk Cutter. This is entering his second year. We'll come back to that. Uh, I do love Raheem Morris as the new defensive coordinator um, there. Now, they lost – you mentioned some of these. They already talked about Hooper. They lost Adrian Claiborne, Devondre Campbell, Campbell uh, Dust, Dustin, Desmond Trufant, uh, Vic, P, Vic Beasley, Wes Schweitzer. Now, they brought in Dante Fowler Jr., which I do like as a good pickup. Um, you mentioned Gurley and Hurst. Uh, now, Deion Buchanan, I think they did recently release along with Laquan Treadwell. So, they did lose a little bit of depth there. They reached uh, on A.J. Terrell. I won't get over that. A 16 overall. I think he's going to end up being a very solid player. Um, but for That's a team, where they got him. I feel you. For a team that has so many holes. And people are always like, oh, well, it worked out. And that, that only applies to quarterbacks. That doesn't apply to other positions. It could, because it doesn't matter. A.J. Terrell can end up being a pro bowler. When you have this many holes, you got to figure out how to move down, get him at 24, for example, and then get you another third or fourth or fifth round pick. Like, so it's not just a matter of just like, oh, well, this player worked out. You picked him at 16. It's like, no. As a GM, your job is to figure out how to get the player you want and then maximize the amount of picks that you have and something that is very clearly a crapshoot. Now, to that end, Marlon Davidson, 47 overall, and Matt Hennessy at 78. I like both those guys and think they can be good depth pieces. Uh, Alex Mack is still one of the best centers in the league. Jake Matthews, a left tackle, is decent. I think uh, Chris Lindstrom, the second-year guy out of Boston College, has a huge jump. To me, you talked about the defense. The defense is not very good. I think Raheem Morris is a huge upgrade, though. Um, I hate Isaiah Oliver. I think he's awful. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think Isaiah Oliver is awful, and I, God bless him and his family. But from a football standpoint, he just looked really bad last year. Now, maybe he makes a jump, but he's got no business starting at corner. And if you're starting him at corner, you're going to give up a lot of big plays. Um the big now the defense, you know, I like Deion Jones. Grady Jarrett is still elite, so they might be a little bit better there. For me, this is kind of weird. The biggest thing is they they reached for Lindstrom and McGarry too the year before, but those guys are both first round picks. If those guys make the jump that I think they can make, 
this is a 10 win team. I know people think that's crazy, but that is the difference. Their offense, not. their offense is so explosive that if they get the jump from those two guys, they're going to be able to outscore guys. Because look, the year they went to the Super Bowl, the defense wasn't good either. The offense was just so prolific. And they went 10 and 6. They went 10, yeah, 11 and 5. I think they went that year. You went 11 and 5. Still, yeah. that's you, you go 10 and 6, 11 and 5. And I think you came, you didn't come out the, the gate as fast. At the, the end of that season, that's when they started to get hot and people were like, oh, this offense oh. is good, good. <laughs> yeah, it's like they snuck into that, the second seed in that bye week and it was like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. So, yeah, where they come from? I, uh, think, I, they, I don't think they're going to get because that's, I think they were the number seven offense historically. As yeah, that's far, not happening. Uh, of, all, of all time, that's not happening. But can they average almost 30 a game? Yes. And that, well, that, and that goes back to my main – and this is why I fell – I was really high on them and I fell off. And the reason for that is I don't know – one, I'm counting on a huge late leap from Lindstrom and McGarry. Two, they bring back Dirk Cutter as offensive coordinator. They're going to continue – I don't like that. I don't like that because and, – and the offense is going to be explosive from a personnel perspective. But, like, the difference between scoring 29 points a game and 34 points a game for this team could very much so be the difference between six wins and nine or ten wins. And Play calling. Play calling in the red zone. Play calling and how you use your personnel. Yes. You have – defense have to count for the route running of Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Those are, as far as their position, those are the three of the best route runners. So you got to account for those three guys. Now, if those two, uh, if those two offensive linemen make that leap, like you said, this is a very good team. It doesn't even matter. I mean, obviously their defense isn't going to be like bottom half. It's not going to be like the 25th worst defense. If they can get to like 18, this is a 10-win team. It's a playoff team if they can get there. If they get like rank 18, Raheem Morris can step them guys up to 18 and they can be turnover happy, you know, that, that, that turnover differential is in their favor. This is a 10 win team. Yeah, here's the thing with, with me and them, and this is why I think if, and, and maybe, wow. Arthur, maybe Arthur Blank has this foresight because they faced the, the toughest schedule from a defensive standpoint in the league this year. They face a top five toughest schedule from an offensive standpoint. They, they, it's very likely they go seven and nine or eight and eight and miss the playoffs. But if, he man, if they manage to go seven and nine, eight and eight and have some continuity, this next year is what I think 2016 was. Like they have the opportunity to really compete. And at this point, it's kind of like, I get it. Most people are like, why didn't you fire Dan Quinn after the bye week was well, because I got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, and Alex Mack. And, you know, this, know window, what could this window is closing. I never know what, because the year they went to the Super Bowl and they should have won a Super Bowl. Like nobody, nobody picked them to, nobody picked them to do that. And they got blown out by Tampa the first week. So there was that adjustment period or whatnot. I liked Raheem Morris. I do think that if they go eight and eight, then they do fire Dirk Cutter. And then maybe they find another genius to come be offensive coordinator, and then they make the leap they need to make next year. That's, that's what I. That's what Dan Quinn should have did. Like, he should have went and got Joe Brady. Yes. 
if he should have went and got a guy like that. Yes. You go get a guy like that and you say, bro, you have the offense. I'm going to take care of the defense. You get position coaches. You still get um, – I can't remember who. They got a tight end. Uh, uh, Malarkey and um, some other guy who's been a head coach. Then you get those around that guy uh, on the offensive side, whoever, whatever – you know, boy genius, you get to call those plays. You get some former head coaches surrounded around him, and then you're good. Yeah. Because you're just going to say, dude, I'm going to have a defense. You take care of the offense. You be explosive. Not necessarily Kyle Shanahan-type offense, but you do these packages. You put Julio Jones in different places. Then we can take advantage of people. Yep. Their, point to, their turnover differential was minus five last year, and they won seven games. Yeah. If that's plus five, they win nine games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's just not like the margins in this sport are so small. People don't realize. (laughs) People don't realize it, man. That's minus five to plus five. Yeah. Their offense only was only 24 points per game, but their yards per game was fifth. That is red zone play calling. Yes. That's red zone play calling. Defense, 24, 25 points per game allowed. That's 22nd. 355 yards allowed. All right. You think about that. Points per game, if they average a field goal more. Yes. <laughs> if, if it's they average 27 points per game, dude, that's three more wins. Yeah. Just a field goal. Yeah. They lost. They were 0-2 in games decided by three points or less. Three and four in games decided by eight points or less. That's the reason why I have them going six and th- or seven and nine, though, is that I don't, I don't have faith that Dirk Cutter will take them will take them to three more points per game. And you still have Dan Quinn. So and you still have the head guy who's making those decisions, and you get an offensive coordinator is probably worse than Sark. So Pretty much. At the very best, the same. Yeah, and, at the very best, the same. And this is why it's just like, look, coaching matters. And, and, and this is what has been their detriment throughout this run. It's just like they should have won the Super Bowl they lost. And to be honest, they should have repeated. Even with Sark, they should have scored. How many red zone trips did they have again in that playoff game against Philly? I think they walked away with no points twice. And and, uh, we're down another two times and only scored a field goal. It's just a matter of like, again, like we said, this is the National Football League. The margins are tremendously small. And there are way too many times last season when this team went down to the red zone and only got three points. And that's the difference. If you get in the red zone four times and you score a touchdown, you know, twice instead of kick a field goal, like teams that can score points in the red zone end up with 12, 13, 14 wins. And teams that can't end up. (laughs) Though, if you look at historically, those teams who are winning 12 plus games, they're great red zone teams. That's it. That's it. Yep. Like so. this, this sport ain't really rocket science as much as people like to <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, like to think it is. And then on top of it, and that's the thing, like they were, they were first in early down success rate. They had a lot of second and shorts, third and shorts. Now they weren't as good on third down as I would have liked them to been. However, they were tremendous on inside the 30 yard, not tremendous. They were top third in the league inside the 30 yard line, but in red zone offense, they were 25th. Like we've been saying. That is the difference. This team, if they can score in the red zone, Lindstrom and McGarry make a jump, and Raheem Morris stays at the same defensive coordinated level as he was, this is a 10-11 win team. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I have them at seven wins because I don't believe that Dirk Cutter can, be, can make them better in the red zone. But if Dirk Cutter proves me wrong, this team can win the division and they can make the playoffs, regardless yep, of yep. what other people think. The data bears it out. Um, that being said, I don't believe in Dirk Cutter. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully they, they, they steer the ship. However, I do think uh, next year can be one of those bounce back years to where uh, they are a Super Bowl contender. Speaking of Super Bowl contenders, everybody likes to say the Saints are. <clears throat> um, they're not. We'll talk about this momentarily. I just love watching them collapse in the playoffs. I love it. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> they lose A.J. Klein, Eli Apple, Ted Ginn, Teddy Bridgewater, and Von Bell. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders comes in, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Hunt, Mr. 30 for 30 himself, Jameis Winston, um, and then a few other guys. Sean Payton, 15th year in New Orleans, so good continuity there. Uh, Pete Carmichael, his 12th year as offensive coordinator. I don't actually know if he calls plays. He doesn't. He's just there. <laughs> He's just Kind of has a title, which is good. And he's getting that OC check. And you know it because, like, if he was actually calling plays, he wouldn't be there for a 12 years offensive coordinator because somebody else would snap them up. So, <laughs> with that offense, uh, hey, bro. And Dennis Allen, six year, uh, six year as defensive coordinator um, there. Uh, New Orleans was 13 and three last year. However, they were one of the worst 13 and three teams in history. With the Packers. They were the Packers with an expected win-loss of 10.1. Um, Drew Brees uh, is still top elite level when it comes to decision-making, accuracy, and getting the ball out. However, <clears throat> I laid this out plenty, so I won't go too much into it. They were 7-1 and one in games decided by eight points or less. Now, you can say that's because they have Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I get it, but it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to revert back to the mean there, which is 500. They were three and one in games decided by three points or less. You're just not going to be able to do that again. Second, Drew Brees just does not have the arm that he used to have. He's not a, he's not as explosive, and that's why part of the reason why you always see Michael Thomas catch 100 passes because he gets slants on second and three is because Drew Brees can't be as explosive as he used to be because Father Time is undefeated. Uh, the defense wasn't as great as it was, uh, but. All that being said, Kelly, I don't want to be the only one advocating or making a case for the Saints to be 8-8, eight and eight, which is what I think they will be. What's your outlook? No, nah, I'm thinking, man, I, more so – so cornerback play was already uh, – Marshawn Lattimore is solid. I don't think he's elite like Saints fans want us to believe. Yeah, uh, they'll yeah. point to a few who, uh, games against Atlanta where, you know, They'll disregard all the holding penalties or miscalled holdings. Anyways, he's pretty solid, but the <laughs> secondary as a whole isn't good. And he loses Eli Apple. Uh, Janoris, Jenkins, it, Janoris Jenkins is an aggressive corner. His best days are behind him, but he's still solid as well. Um, I like Emmanuel Sanders. I like that pickup. Mm. Uh, I like the Malcolm Jenkins pickup. The Jenkins pickup is more so for veteran presence to me. Yeah, because he's lost a step, but he's going to be able to get those guys ready. Um, Kamar just, you know, backed up the Brinks truck along with hey, right after Davin Cook just did. This is the thing with the Saints. We say that Atlanta's window is shut. The Saints are better than Atlanta, but <laughs> they're about to be in cap purgatory. They're going to be bad whenever this I don't is even over. know how they just sound, sound Kamara, to be honest. Yeah. But they're about to be in cap purgatory, so their their mindset should be we need to win this year. All in, yep. Because we can't continue to pay these guys 
and have these playoff blunders. Because when Drew Brees retires, you're going to have, you know, a little bit money freed up. And I'm assuming that's why they got Jameis Winston. Yeah. But still, you're going to have to pay him because he's on a one-year deal. Well, they got Taysom Hill, bro. They got they got the future. Uh... No, stop, stop. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain that. <laughs> We've yeah, future all-pro at quarterback, man. You ain't know. Yeah, I, I can't entertain that. <laughs> But and and the reason we talk about you know the worst thirteen and three team, I think the Packers were, but we but the Packers were legitimately data data supports the worst thirteen three team this century. Well, with the Saints, like you can see, watching it first off, watching game matters. You just can't blindly go off stats and you know things like that. So those close games, they beat Seattle, uh, beat Seattle by six, beat Dallas by two, beat Tampa by six and I'm pretty sure James threw probably four touchdowns. They only beat Jacksonville by a touchdown. Um, so I'm gonna count like the the wins that they actually beat teams by a touchdown. <laughs> One, two, three. So five wins. Well six wins at the end because Carolina was awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But so six of those games, they beat teams by a touchdown. Like you said, they had a lot of one-score games, a lot of three to four-point wins. That's going to revert back to the mean. So, yeah. and Drew Brees, I don't think – he started out hot. He had 370 yards. When he came back, 373, 287, 311, 349, 307, I don't think we have that breeze anymore. No. Well, I don't think they have that breeze anymore. Um still have the weapons on offense, but I just don't I, – I think they take a step back. I think um, we can't underestimate, you know, the comments he made this offseason, whether the team is going to still rally around him. They said they forgive him, but, you know, you just never no. know because no. people don't forget that stuff. No. And you're supposed to be the leader, and some things are just going to be – they're going to look at you and say, well, is he serious or he just saying that so we don't cancel him? So we're going to be thinking about that all year. We can't underestimate that. And plus, you have a history of failing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You don't – that doesn't go out your mind. You know, you're going to get in late-game situations. Even if you make it to the first round of the playoffs, you're going to think, man, we, are we going to blow it again? Mm-hmm. So – I'm thinking still eight and eight, nine and seven. Their roster is good. Um, I don't like their defense, but the offensive roster is good. I think I think they take a step back, man. That's, from thirteen and three, it's a huge step back. Um, I don't think they win ten games. <laughs> no. So. And if they do, I think their ceiling is ten. Yeah, yeah, their ceiling is ten, and and I got them going. Um, I got them going eight and eight. And the reason for that is a lot of the things we talked about. And, you know, some people like to say, oh, it's just your Saints bias. No, it's not. I mean, there's this thing called called math. Um, so the reason why I think the Packers are so due for a drop when they're probably going nine and seven, eight and eight too, 
um, is they had they the Packers were the worst thirteen and three team in the last decade. The point differential was sixty three, which is worst among teams that won thirteen or more games in the last decade. Their expected win loss was nine point seven. Who's the second worst team? Uh, thirteen thirteen plus win team of the last decade. It was the Steelers in twenty seventeen. That next year they were nine six and one. Uh, who's the next one? The sixteen Cowboys. Their point differential was one fifteen. Expected win loss was ten point nine. The next year nine and seven. No playoffs. Uh, 2018 Rams, 10.9 expected win loss, tied for fourth worst in the last decade. Next year, nine and seven, no playoffs. Do we see the trend? Um, it was 2017 Vikings, 11.7. Next year, eight, seven, and one, no playoffs. Case rested. Saints, third worst team, 13 plus win team in the last decade, 117 point differential. But that's because it bared when you take into account the number of close games on top of the roster, on top of the aging uh, aspect of your quarterback, on top of what the data actually says, it's a nine-win team. I'm not making this stuff up. It's not really opinion. It just kind of is what it is. This, this is a team that is old, that is cap-strapped. I get it. All the chips are in. Way to go. Uh, and they've got technically, I think, one more year because I do think they will get into the playoffs. Like I said, I think eight and eight, nine and seven will make playoffs or will we'll be good enough to get you in the playoffs. Um, but that's where they are. Uh, and are they the best team in their division? I don't think so. But um, that's enough Saints talk. I'm tired of that. Um, but <laughs> Let's talk about the best team in the division. I was about to say, yeah, let's talk. That's, that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who lose Bo Allen, Bashart, Pyramid, Carl Nassib, Mr. 30 for 30, and Peyton Barber. Uh, but they bring in Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Tristan Wirfs at 13 overall, I think, was a phenomenal pick. Oh, they did just bring in LaShawn. Man, I ain't, I ain't think about shit. He's going to play two games, man. Hey, man, third, he's a third <laughs> down back. The end. The end. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That's um, and they got Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, out of Minnesota in I love him. draft. I love him, too. This defense was absurdly good, and nobody talked about them last year. Um Number one rush defense, top five, and passing efficiency. You can't really look at yardage because they had what forty-one turnovers that they gave away on offense. Uh, you just your defense is going to give up a lot of yards if your offense turns the ball over forty-one times. I mean that's just gonna happen. Uh, but Shaq Barrett and Domakunsu, Vitavea, Jason Pierre, Paul, Levante David, probably the best linebacker in the league. I think Devin White's going to have a huge jump in his second year. Uh, and then now they have a quarterback that at least won't turn the ball over. Am I as high on them as I was in the spring? No. Is this the best team in the division? Yes. Yeah, man. Good luck running on Sue, Vitavea, Golston, Pierre Paul, Devin White, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett. Like, for one, those are all household names. And household names can be tricky because you're like, well, are they just name value or are they actually still productive? <laughs> that, right. Those guys are going to be productive. Um, and I like Winfield Jr. as safety. Carlton Davis out of Auburn. Um, so their secondary isn't like the best as far as names, but they're going to be solid because of that front seven. Uh -huh. They're also going to be solid because Tom Brady isn't turning the ball over 30 times. Nope. All right. So on the offensive side of the ball, you have one of the best receiving cores. And even if you add Gronkowski, that makes it a little bit better. Is he the Gronkowski of old? No. no. But he's still Gronkowski. Still you have O.J. Howard that you can split out. And you still have Cameron Brady. 
you have a three tight end monster. That's crazy. So imagine going 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends, and you think they're going to run. You still got to prepare for the pass in 13 personnel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, this – I'm not like – it's not going to be like 13 wins. But what I'm thinking is um, they say they're going to start Ronald Jones, but I think eventually Leonard Fournette is going to be their guy. Leonard Fournette yeah. and Ronald Jones are going to be their one-two punch. LaShawn McCoy is either going to get released or be their third down back. If he's their third down back, that gives them another weapon. Um, they're not – he's not – Tom Brady is not going to be able to push the ball down the field like Jameis did because he yeah. doesn't have that arm anymore. But he's going to be more surgical <laughs> because this is the best receiving core he's ever had. Ever had. Ever. And it, it, think about that. Now, boy, yeah, no one – he doesn't have a single receiver better than Moss was in 07. Yeah, no, 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 no. As a is, core, though. Yeah, this is the yeah, best yeah, yeah, core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> so, as a core, like, you have – Two legit number ones that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Oh, yeah. You have a number one tight end. Even, like I said, he's regressed. Well, he did regress the last time we saw him play football. But a year off can work wonders for a guy, you know, that yeah. big and who's had that many injuries. So they so, got Cameron Brake, man. I mean, he's I a – No, that's <laughs> – I'm telling you, three tight ends, man. They, they can go – they can trot out three tight ends and you don't know if they're running or passing the ball. But that front seven alone, Bruce Arians is a great coach. Um, and I think we talked about this earlier in the summer. In Bruce Arians' first year with a quarterback, they always turn the ball over a lot. Uh -huh. But technically, you know, first off, this is Brady. And this is the second year with all of those other guys. Yeah. Man, I'm expecting them to – I'm not thinking 13 wins or anything like that. But, you know, 10, 11 wins, I think they're in that range. No, same. I agree. Um, and and the biggest thing I highlight is that they had the defense that they had, um, and still managed to win uh, seven games with a minus thirteen turnover margin. Winning, minus thirteen. Winning seven <laughs> games at that level is ridiculous. And then on top of that, they won seven games. They were three and six in games decided by one score or less. So even if they just revert back to the mean, they're a ten win team with Jameis Winston still as quarterback. Yes. Now you got a guy who's not look, Brady's not the guy he was five years ago. He's still Tom Brady. He's not gonna turn the ball over. That just not turning the ball over equipped with not uh not going three and six in one score games again. It's a nine, ten win team. More so now. I got him going ten and six. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender quite yet and I think I honestly, a part of that might just be the schedule like if they didn't have to play the AFC West like maybe they're 11 and 5 and 12 and 4 instead and they're in the competition for that number one seed but then also it's the continuity right they bought in a lot yeah, of pieces yeah, yeah. especially in an offseason like this and it's going to be too much to expect that they can get on the same they get on the same you know page that quickly but next year unless if Brady doesn't make a super decline which could always happen. He's in his 40s, right? Doesn't matter how well you it eat. Could. Like, <laughs> but if Brady, Brady's, la Brady's year last year was technically disappointing as far, disappointment as far as his standards. Yeah. But if he has that same year in Tampa, that's a 10-11 win team. That's the oh, thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, because it's – I think he only had – he had about 12 interceptions or so. James threw 30. He had 40 total turnovers. That's cutting it – that's cutting it more than half. Man, that's crazy. So I still can't believe 40 turnovers. Why you turn the ball over that much? Anyway, 
Um, what's yeah, your, we're the same. All right. Yeah, man. I got New Orleans. Um, I just said Tampa 10 and 6. I got New Orleans going 8 and 8, but making the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Carolina going 8 and 8, and then Atlanta at 6 and 10. But this is one of those divisions where it wouldn't surprise me if, like, the winner has 10 wins. Second and third place is nine, and the last place team is like seven and nine. I think is yeah. uh, I think is that the, the talent levels are closer than folks think. I think the the coaching uh, coaching is going to be a big difference. I think between between the teams that first and the team that's last. I'm thinking more of the same. Uh, we just have Carol. Uh, I have Carolina and Atlanta flipped. Um, I think Carolina wins between you know six and seven games. Uh, Atlanta between seven and nine, depending on that's all depending on Dirk Cutter's offensive capabilities, <laughs> uh, play calling. Um, New Orleans eight or nine, and then Tampa. I think I think is the clear favorite. Um, yeah. I think they will be a bigger favorite if this was year two. Yep. With all of them in place, just because there's too many pieces to think Super Bowl first year. It's too many pieces. Yeah, nah. um, think about that year with the Eagles when Vince Young said they had a super team. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> they, so it was too many pieces, man. Too many. And Andy Reid was still the head coach, but you had too many pieces to expect them to be good or good, better than they were in year one. So Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree. Um, to wrap up, Let's uh let's go through picks for this week. Uh, I'm just run down my list here. I got Seattle over Atlanta. I just think it's going to be too much, uh, too much Russell Wilson. I do think it'll be a, a, a shootout, um, <clears throat> and we'll see who can get the 31st. Whoever my good, <clears throat> excuse me, whoever gets the 31st wins the game. I think that'll be Seattle. Um, what do you got, Seahawks Falcons? Uh, I got Seattle. I got Seattle. Same shootout. Um. Not a lot of defense. <laughs> Russell yeah. Wilson makes some magic and Seattle wins. Yeah, yeah. I do think, honestly, that might be the best. I think that might be the best and most entertaining game in the one o'clock window. Like, I'm going to watch Browns, Ravens, obviously, and I got, I got Baltimore winning that game. But oh, we're talking about entertainment, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Ravens, it's going to be entertaining for us because I think the Ravens will take advantage of their secondary. Mm. But Seattle and Atlanta should be back and forth. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good offensive showdown. Uh, I'm gonna just run through the my list of one o'clock game winners. I got the Bills pretty handily over the Jets, Lions in a close one over the Bears because they're at home. Which again, I don't think there's the home field advantage aspect as far as end game, but you still got to travel, uh, and I think that's still gonna make a difference. Um, I got Minnesota over Green Bay um, this weekend. Uh, I got Dolphins over Patriots. I think Miami goes in there and gets a gets a road win. Philly over Washington. As much as high as I am on Carolina, I do think the Raiders win tomorrow. Uh, Colts over Jaguars, and then I got the Ravens uh, beating the Browns. Um, so we are the winners over Seattle and Atlanta. I have Seattle. Uh, also have Buffalo over New York. Um, I'm hoping. I think Detroit over Chicago. Trubisky. I wanted to call him something. Oh. I'm not be dis- disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have Lions over the Bears. Uh, Green, I actually have Green Bay over Minnesota, New England over Miami, mm-hmm. Philly over Washington, Raiders over Panthers, and Indy over Jacksonville, and obviously Baltimore over Cleveland. Mm. Okay, okay, I'm with it. Um, Chargers going to Cincinnati. I like the Chargers, although I'm very intrigued, and I'm, I'm very uh, 
excited about catching Joe Burrow's debut. Uh, Tampa, New Orleans, so-called game of the week. It's going to be really weird to watch the Superdome empty. Um, but I think New Orleans is going to squeak it out. I just think uh, as a, I think Tampa is the better team will win the division. But all that, all those new additions going to take some time to get some continuity going. Uh, and then the fighting Shanahan's take on the fighting uh, Kingsbury's in San Francisco. Um, and I like I like San Francisco to get that dub. Cowboys rounds and taking Cowboys. Uh, man, I should have the same picks. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same as that picks. Uh, for the same reason. So L.A. Uh, Chargers just better than Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, Tampa, I think, alone would be better than New Orleans. But New Orleans have had a whole offseason. They've had a coach mm-hmm. in place, quarterback in place, all those pieces in place. So I think the game is close, but they win by one score. And that's one score meaning under six points. Uh, San Francisco, Arizona is going to compete this year. Oh, yeah. Um, San Francisco is my NFC pick. I think they handle uh, Arizona. Um and I think Dallas is just better than the Rams. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, Monday night doubleheader, which I'm actually pretty excited about because I'm intrigued by a lot of these teams. Pittsburgh at the Giants and then Tennessee at Denver. I like the Steelers. I think, I think the Giants uh, could keep it close for three quarters. Um, but we talked about how, how, how high both of us are are on Pittsburgh despite uh, not liking them. Y'all can't never give us shots for, for being biased. Like, exactly. we both despise the Steelers, but, like, they're going to win ten between 10 and 12 games because they're a top-notch organization uh, with a great front office, great ownership, and a great coach. And, like, I hate them, but just facts are facts. Uh, so I like them to win, win Monday night over New York. Uh, and then Tennessee at Denver. I'm very excited about this game. One, because – uh, we talked about, we did our AFC West preview the other day. I really like Denver's roster, so I want to see what Drew Locke has and if they can make the jump. And then Tennessee's got like this 9-7 and seven roster that is built for the postseason. And so it's just a matter of them, a matter of them getting in. But they added Clowney, uh, which I'm intrigued to see what he does uh, to that defense and if Ryan Tannehill can still be as good as he was last year. All that being said, I think Denver wins it just being at home. Uh, and they, like I said, I think they're, they're still one of the few teams who will have a home field advantage because of the thin air. Yeah, I, I was thinking of saying, um, even though Tennessee is a veteran team, um, man, Denver, I spent, what's the line? I don't even know the line on the game. I, I spent Denver by, you know, at least a touchdown. I spent Denver by at least a touchdown. Pittsburgh over New York as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Drew Locke and the weapons that he has. When we were talking the other day, we didn't even, we didn't even mention Cortland Sutton. We didn't, bro. We didn't mention Cortland <laughs> Sutton, man, and he's the best receiver on the team. Absolutely. So you have him, you have Judy, and you have Hamlin. So Drew Locke, bro, the, 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 the cars are in your favor. So you better make, you make it do something. What you got, Because John boy. Elway is counting on you. <laughs> What you got, young blood? Um, so yeah, we we. we ben, uh, your seven seven playoff teams in each conference. I'm gonna list mine real quick in the AFC first. I got um, Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Indy as your division winners, and then two wild cards. Believe it or not, I got Pittsburgh uh, at eleven and five. Oh, three wild cards. Whoops, I got Pittsburgh at eleven and five. I got Cleveland at ten and six, and then I got uh, I got the Patriots at eight and eight. 
getting that last, getting that last wild card. Uh, NFC, I got Cowboys getting that number one seed. I'm just bullish on the Cowboys uh, at 12 and four. Uh, Philly, uh, I'm sorry, no, Dallas and one and four, uh, 12 and four rather, number one seed. Number two, San Francisco, I got going 12 and four. Tampa wins NFC South, and then Minnesota wins the NFC North. Wild cards, I got Seattle, who I think wins 12 games, but just um, San Francisco wins the tiebreaker. Green Bay makes playoffs at nine and seven. Um, and then the seventh seed, got the Arizona Cardinals, eight and eight, squeaking it out over eight and eight New Orleans and eight and eight Carolina. I have um, I have Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, KC, um, Buffalo, and in the lowly AFC South, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take the Titans um, over the Colts. Nah, I'll take the Colts. I'll take the Colts. I'll take the Colts. <laughs> you know, I was about to say the uh, Jaguars just to be funny. <laughs> I think that threw me off. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say the Jags. Um, so those are my division winners. Um, obviously, since Baltimore won a division, I'll put Pittsburgh as the wild card. I think Tennessee still sneaks in there um, as a wild card. And I want to go – I'll go Denver over Cleveland. Really? I go Denver over Cleveland to sneak in that last playoff spot. Okay. And then okay. NFC, uh, my number one seed, I think, uh, is San Fran. Um, I picked Green Bay slightly over uh, Minnesota as far as uh, NFC North champ, but I think uh, Minnesota is one of the wild cards. Uh, I have Tampa as the NFC South winner as Philly, as the NFC East winner. So that means I have Dallas. Um, I have Dallas, Seattle, and Minnesota. Dallas, Seattle, and Minnesota is my three NFC wild cards. Mm -hmm. That may change by week four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. That's why you got to do them <laughs> now first. Um, <laughs> I'm with it. And then just for the listeners who might have not um, had previous, previous uh, episode, what's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, Super Bowl pick, Baltimore over San Fran. Yeah. I don't think San Fran chokes this year. It's just I think Baltimore is better. I think I'm excited to see. I mean, not that he wasn't motivated before, but Lamar Jackson, that's literally like his own – that's his only prerogative yeah, <laughs> to win a Super Bowl. It. Like it's, it's like the guy doesn't do anything but practice because that's all I ever hear from him. He just wants to win. Um, and then plus the additions on defense – I think the offensive weapons are better. Um, and it's year two in this system. People realize they created that entire system for him in one offseason. Yep. And he did that. So that you know, the reigning MVP, I wanna say defending champ or anything like that, yeah. but the reigning MVP will have a similar season. The numbers would dip just because last year was just absurd, but the numbers would dip. But I expect still eleven to thirteen wins. And San Fran, man, I just think their roster is loaded on both sides. They lose Emmanuel Sanders on offense, um, but they replace him receiving the draft. Nick Bosa, along with everyone else, Javon Kinlaw on that defensive line. Their front seven is pretty good. Their back end is pretty good. Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller, might be the best coach in the league. 
So I think they get back, man. Um, I think they have the advantage over Seattle because Seattle's Russell Wilson or bust. I think they will split their two games, but they have the advantage over Seattle because they're more, way much more of a complete team. But no. I still have Ravens over San Fran. Well, I mean, if San Fran beats them, I wouldn't be surprised because they're, as far as they're, they're evenly matched, they're two completely different teams, mm-hmm. but they're evenly matched. But I have Baltimore over San Fran. Yeah. No, I'm not too far off. Uh, I got Baltimore over Dallas. I think I think San Francisco gets to the NFC title game. Uh, I think the Cowboys eke it out. And then I got the Ravens beating the Chiefs. And I got Baltimore. Um, it's been... It's been a very long time, I think almost a decade right on the dot since a team that played on Wild Card Weekend made it to the Super Bowl. That will eventually break, obviously, especially with only one team having to buy now. Uh, but I think it'll be big, especially this year uh, with everything, you know, with all the things you have to compete with. Uh, and I think Baltimore wins the Super Bowl. Kelly, appreciate the preview, man. It's almost here. We're talking about football all offseason. It's, all, it's, it's here, man. It's here. You know, it's here. Um, we'll be back with y'all next Saturday, recap of week one, then a preview of week two, interesting nuggets. Uh, we'll talk a little college football as well. Um, and then we'll start <clears throat> a little bit of a draft preview. We're not doing a whole mock draft, but you know, we'll get into it that way. Jaguars, Bengals, you know, Jets fans got something to listen to, uh, on the show as well. That's all they have to look forward to. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us this week, man. All 22. We'll see y'all next week. See you. I always say, see you. We'll, we'll, we'll be with you all next week. <laughs> Take care.